Right. So do you think maybe we should start the show as it's Absolutely. just the two of us? Yeah. So should I roll the titles? You roll the title. I'll roll the titles. Title has been rolled. Has it? Or should I do it now? I don't know. I don't know. Should I do it now? Yeah, you should now. Like right yeah. now. I've done it now. That's it. Are you sure you've done it now? No. I didn't I didn't hear a thing done. It's done. Are you sure? No. Like on a scale of one to ten, how much do you think you're lying to me right now? Biscuit. Okay. Okay. I'm sure there's a way I can turn that into a number, but I'm a little too tired to figure that out right now. <laughs> we count in biscuits now, and our currency is in centimeters. No, it's in chalk. It's in currency is actually, basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny Two podcast, dedicated in bringing you all the latest information, news, and opinions. This is the best show for new and veteran guardians alike, where we share tips, tricks, and tools to help you succeed and enjoy playing even more. So with all that said, let me hand you over to your hosts, the triumph-hunting titan night demon, the pink-panted pansy, Hiroki, and your hunter master agent, Mr. No One Responds in Real Life! I am Night Demon. Hi, Demon. British host. And over there, way over there, where are you today? You are in... I'm home today. I came in last night. He's in Florida. It's no one responds in real life. Hi, guys. Hi, Respawn. You don't have to say hi, Respawn, to yourself. Oh, okay. You understand that... Never mind. And unfortunately, our third, our, our Titan in pink, cannot be with us today. Mr. Perotti. So he's left us to do all the talking and all the explaining for all the amount of things that are coming up. So we're just going to throw information at you, opinions at you, and yeah, just go for it, I guess. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after he heard the Warlocks one, he just he uninstalled Destiny and couldn't do the show this week out of pure depression. I don't think it was that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain it was that. Yes, I did prove. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I mean that pop up was a little bit sus, since it said twenty twenty three on it and not twenty twenty two, which was last year's one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, somebody's playing around there, aren't they? Uh playing around's a strong word, but I mean it's either playing around or there's a conspiracy afoot. Ha 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 ha! No, but seriously, guys, it is weird. And uh, I, after all the things I've been reading on Twitter and Reddit about what will happen if the Warlocks actually win, after after seeing that, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. Nobody's going to do anything. Nobody's going to do a thing. The Warlocks, and, if the Warlocks win, the Warlocks win. There's not going to be a mass exodus of Destiny. That's it. It's just going to be they win. They'd accidentally put up a banner. It'd be the same if they put up the banner for the Hunters or the Titans. Maybe that's what they'll do next week. Maybe they'll put the Hunter one up next week and then the Titan mm. the week after and then go, oh, oopsie, we did it for all three. Oh, yeah. yeah oops. Yeah. If they did it all three times, then it would, it would have scrolled past our screen three times. But you know what? It doesn't matter. People make mistakes. Again, try to give them the benefit of a doubt. Everybody has a bad day, or in Bungie's case... A bad nine years, but you know we let it go. Yeah. So, Guardian Games, eh? 
I, I don't know anything about it. I just got on a few minutes ago, and people were telling me how to get medals. And I was thoroughly confused about why I didn't have a metal box already. Or a metal... Cabinet. Container? Metal, yeah. whatever. What all yeah, the metal? It, it goes in your quest log. You know, yeah. I was kind of confused to start off with. I knew it went somewhere, and I was looking everywhere. And even mm. though I played the previous couple of years, and I knew it went in the quest tab, I was like, where's it gone? No, I think the first I year I started to... with the container, I thought they put it in your key yeah. items inventory. I thought it did, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Like, last year they had put it in the quest tab, because they'd gone to this kind of model of putting stuff in quest tabs. Because it's intelligent? Yeah. <laughs> they got one! Yay! <laughs> So, so um, you've only just started playing Guardian games, have you? Just now. Yep. Okay. Yep. I didn't even know how to dunk the medals until I realized I got to go all the way to our side to dunk a medal. And then I just stand there in the middle, dunk medals or whatever. I don't know why. See, you stand in the middle, and I I stand in the middle, and I I get to dunk the medals. I really confused myself the other day, and it didn't work. I had to kind of shuffle over towards your side a little bit for it to kind of work. My, were you dunking hunter medals? That I, seems I odd. No, but I, well, my initial th- reasoning behind this was I'd, gone, I'd logged on with my hunter because I still want to get all the strand fish bucks to okay. build up my hunter for all of his aspects and fragments. Mm-hmm. So to do that, you have to play on strand. And Blue said to me, he said, we're going to go to Niamuna. We're going to go and do Niamuna stuff. So I thought, oh, if I put on my strand subclass, we go to Niamuna, we go do Niamuna stuff and I'll generate fish bucks. It, it went slow as anything, and I kind of gave up after a while. But I mean, yeah, you only get the one. You got to do his missions that give you anywhere between twenty five and a hundred at once. You know, and then every time you open the, you, whenever you run a an activity, that one activity that's got like the three levels or whatever. Every time you complete that, you get a hundred. Yeah, or I mean, like or, when when you get kills and things, you generate fish bucks as well. Yeah, so yeah. I was trying to do that being proactive as doing like the guardian game stuff and generate fish bucks. And I kind of gave up in the end. I was like, there's no point because I'm getting one literally every 50 or mm-hmm. so kills. And I was like, this is demoralizing. It just, I, I've already done it all on my client. <laughs> Why am I now having to redo everything on the hunter? It should just be, I pay X amount, like a thousand and I've got them all unlocked again. Just, yeah. Oh. And, and they also should have done it such that like, um, uh, if, if if you've completed strand on that one character, now for some reason the strand doesn't drop for that character anymore. You know, because I'd love to be playing my hunter and this whole time just be stockpiling the strand for exactly. You know, my warlock. You know that's what I mean? My, that's my problem. Is that I'm if I'm playing on my titan, I'm not generating anything, so I have to play on the other two to start generating things. Because I didn't do that thing of just leaving one of the aspects unlocked. Because if I'd have done that, I'd have kept generating the fish bucks until I kind of paid it off. I made that I'm mistake. Not sure what you're talking about? That sounds like a cheat. Sounds well, like a cheese further video. Well, the thing is, I mean, once you've unlocked them, that's when you start when you stop generating the fish bucks. So, mm. if I if I left one of them on my Titan, the one that I probably just didn't want at the time, I could have right. just carried on generating the fish bucks to then just pile into the other two classes. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a lesson hard learned. Yeah, and that's a lesson that'll probably be forgot come next season. Unless we're talking about you. (laughs) No, wait, hold on. I remember writing something about this last year. Let me look at my notes. You're psychotically efficient, and I'm I'm glad that it works for the show. But at the same time, as a human being, I'm concerned for your well-being. 
I'm glad you actually brought that up because I felt really bad after we'd finished doing the show last week and mm. I edited it and put it out. I realized that we hadn't actually gone through any of the Guardian game stuff that I normally <gasps> go through. I know normally I go through like what the challenges could be and what they've previously been and what some of the rewards were and how much they are at Eververse um, and how the activity works and what's probably the best way to kind of do the activities. And I completely forgot about it. And in me completely forgetting to go back over my notes from last year, I completely forgot the way that you have to generate your uh, scores in the nightfalls and the strikes scoring. For this year, selling ads, yeah, yes, but it, you remember there were certain ways if you did an emote before killing a yellow bar and then you did a finish on them, you generated more points. I completely forgot about that until Noble jumped in. I didn't and, even know that, dude. What reminded me, yeah, it's in it's in the challenges and the triumphs for the You're Guardian game, exactly. But the <laughs> thing is, you have to weaken them enough, the, the, these yellow bars all throughout the, the nightfall strike, yeah, weaken them. Do an emote in front of them and then finish them, and you get like twenty thousand more points than what you'd normally get. And then you just kind of just do, I mean, things like uh, ability kills, like string up ability kills together, or primary yeah. kills, energy kills, heavy kills together, and you get kind of all these medals pop up on your screen. Makes you feel really nice. But I forgot to go through all of that, and in me forgetting to go through all of that for the people to listen to, because I don't think anybody really put out a guide this year on how to actually do that until. I think Ibontis, I've, I've found one this week on literally, to, to, I think it was, yeah, literally today or yesterday, put out a guide on how to do the high scoring in the Nightfalls. And he went over how to do the champion killing and things like that. So there is a guide, which I will put in the show notes, if you are kind of wanting to have a look at how to generate the high score. Because me being with Mr. Noble this week, he got me to the top 10% out of all of the Destiny players. And every time that I go to the Why tower... though? You only needed 230,000. I know, but every time that you go to the tower, and if you're the highest scorer on that in that tower, you glow. You know when you go over to the tree over to the left? That's not a thing. It is. You That's glow. That's not a thing. No, but you know when, when you went over to the tree, you had that yellow glow on the yeah, floor, yeah, yeah. and it kind of beams up. You get that if you're the highest scorer in the whole of the tower. Nah, yeah, bro. We did go over this last week with the notes that they actually provided. Nah, bro. But no, Noble's reached the the top ten percent, so I'm now in the top ten percent with him. Well, so I can't I hey, trust Noble to begin with, right? For reasons <laughs> we won't discuss. On no, the it's, show. Quite, it's quite cool because when I when I land in the tower, nine times out of ten, I am the highest scorer for this week. Anyway, for the nightfalls, uh-huh, I think there's uh-huh. only been one time after I left night. Uh, after I left Noble, that I wasn't the high scorer. So I go to the tower and I glow. It's pretty cool. So after about an hour's worth of coaching from Blue Screen and Noble on how the event works again, I was like, oh, yes, I remember all this. It's now come back into my frontal lobe. I remember what we need to do. And you can go off and do some things. And there were some guides. I think Ibontis did put out a guide of how to do, actually a couple of people put out some guides of how to do the Neomuna bounty, which is the Platinum bounty where if you load up the breakneck mission on legendary difficulty, so you've had to have completed the campaign to start off with, load into that and you can, it's best to do it solo. Get through the initial opening area until you get to the point where you first have to initially plant a flag. Once you get to that room, defeat everything in that room and let the yellow bar wyvern kill you at the end. And then you're just going to keep doing that for, I think it's two or three times. And then that will give you a platinum medal. The only problem with these platinum medals is, yes, you can only hold like, one at a time but i don't think you can actually 
pick these up from the app. You have to actually, once you get the, the medal, you then have to fly back to the tower, pick up another one of these contender cards, and then go back and do a thing. So what mm -hmm. I was finding is that when I was playing Supremacy, you can pick up you can pick up the the normal crucible one, which is a gives you a gold medallion. But if you pick up the one that says Trials of Osiris on it, it also gives you points in doing supremacy. So there's no point in picking up the gold one if you can pick up the one that says Trials, although it's supremacy. After one game of that, I'd completed the card, and then I had to fly back to the tower. So the only that's my only gripe with this is that I have to go back to the tower to pick up another contender card because I can't pick it up from the app. I can pick up the bounties from the app, but I can't pick up the contender cards. So I complete a supremacy match. I'm with a good group. I then have to fly back to the tower and then go back into like the matchmaking again. So yeah, that's, that's my only gripe at the moment. And you haven't got any gripes because you haven't really played it. Well, I'm already experiencing that with just the Shiro Chi thing. You know, yeah, you, yeah, you have to keep going back to the tower. You're just cheat. You're just cheesing one little bit. Just play the That's game. That's all I need to play nah. supremacy. You will love supremacy. Supremacy, nah. supremacy is cool. It is nah. amazing to be a full team of hunters, warlocks, or titans. Come I, on, how, how many no. titans can you take down? Come on, you oh, know you all of you. Exactly. Just easily just get you know six of you with your stasis storms going. Just talking. Okay. Is that what you're experiencing a lot of stasis? Actually, to be honest, out of the, uh, I think I've probably played about twenty supremacy games so far. Out mm -hmm. of the twenty, I think I've only lost twice to hunters, and that was by a very, very slim margin. I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, most of the time we we ask, and most of the time it is just titans versus hunters. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen one warlock group. I told that, you that warlock group was literally decimated us we were like they were flying ac31s or whatever you call them <laughs> ac130 that's the ones yeah but then i did hear a really funny trick that they were doing on the dcp podcast is apparently yeah. that i think it was miss 5000 watts or Mylan games apparently tethered themselves they were like a titan and they tethered themselves to the warlock they they <laughs> and flew around as the warlock was trying to fly around and hit them with their dawn blade they they kept oh i, I saw that yeah, yeah 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 he's just attached to yeah him. he's just attached to him. it's like she's attached to him. and they can't do anything they end up going after somebody else but it's like i oh, i wish i could have done that but then <laughs> they did give me the idea and i'm not sure if it's working well at the moment is that yotan with the um i can't remember the name of the boots now uh, you know, the, no, the ones for the the Titans. Oh well, we can't be. Waiting. I know about their their submachine gun pants, but not what you're talking about. Oh, the Phoenix Cradle. So the Phoenix Cradles. <sighs> the hell is that? Those are the ones that when you generate a sunspot, it lasts forever. And if you kill an enemy, it kind of just burns on the floor. You and it's really good. In, I, I was thinking this is going to be really good in supremacy because if I get a kill with a Yotun. And then somebody goes to pick up their crest of their fallen ally. That's like, if I've hit them miles away, they'll burn out as well. I, I'm still not 100% sure whether Yotun is actually working as generating sunspots anymore. I know it's doing some kind of explosion. And I think they did change it. And I can't remember if they did or if it's just me not, uh, you know, if it's just. Are you sure it's the boots doing the explosion? Because now, now Yotun has the Scorch modifier on it. 
So you see, you're not just seeing the Scorch detonation? Well, the boots give you Soul Invictus, which lasts twice as long, and allies that pass through your sunspots are granted Soul Invictus and Soul Restoration. And the okay. Soul Invictus buff from sunspots lasts twice as long, so from 5 seconds to 10 seconds. But I don't see it generating any sunspots. And it used to. You used to be able to yote on somebody, it generates a sunspot, that other people would try and run past it or run through it, and they would die instantly. Oh, but now I, I think maybe where they've changed the Yotun, and I've completely forgot that they've changed the Yotun, that it doesn't do that anymore. Huh. I have so no idea. There's me thinking that I'll be, you know, top dog in supremacy using sunspots all over the place. Turns out cheeky. Not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's a good thing too because the sunspots that you guys used to have, like like back in the day when that was first when that first became a thing where if I punch you you drop a sunspot yep. like as soon as that was a thing I'm just like this is this is this is the stupidest thing on earth because you drop a sunspot which will kill you in like one or two ticks and if you've already been in a melee battle then it's just the one tick right yeah. so just as soon as it drops you're dead and they've healed up just like that and I always thought that that was one of the Dumbest things that Bungie ever thought of, you know? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, well, we've toned it down so that the, the fire doesn't burn you as much. So, yeah, now it takes me three ticks to die instead of one. That's oh. awesome, Bungie. Well, you're going to be upset because they're, they're not toning it down anymore. They're pushing it back up. I've heard. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, everybody seems to be getting buffed, so, yeah. And nerfed in some places, but yeah. mostly buffed. But yeah, Guardian games, I'm I'm finding it really enjoyable. I'm finding that Supremacy is a really good fun game mode. I, I love the strike scoring that's come back. And it just made me think that, like I think we were saying last week, Parody and I, that we really want the um, Crimson Doubles to come back. Really do right. like when they have a limited time event. And I don't understand why they took it out of the game and just haven't put it back anywhere else. Even if they took out it as the Valentine's thing, they could have put it in as crim. They could have put something else, like a, a double game mode in Crucible for a limited couple of weeks, you know, as part of an event. The Revelry, when we had that, that was like a, an amazing event. It was just like, I know it was, it doesn't fit into their blocks of we're doing Solstice this month. And, you know, in three months' time, we're going to be doing Festival of the Last. In three months' time, we're going to be doing the Guardian Games. And then three months' time, we're going to be doing the, um, it's solstice i've already said solstice you know yeah, what I mean. solstice is the summer yeah that, that's probably going to be the first one to come up um yeah it goes but okay so oh no uh, dawning as well christmas oh so yeah true. we have the yep. four they've they've whittled it down to the four but i would have liked to have seen maybe even if you have those four but people were saying that you know people are really enjoying this supremacy in crucible and it's revitalized a little bit more of Crucible. I know we're kind of still limited on but maps. And, hold and on, things. I was going to talk about the Valentine's Day thing, right? Go on. Last year, um, I said it while we were off air, but I think what they should do, right? Yeah, is give like an item. Not, not. I mean, like, okay. So let's say you participated in the Guardian Games. You know how they give you like uh, the 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 one event that should take the entire time frame to complete, right? Um, and give them one of those, like, kill, I don't know, 
two hundred people with the the with with a solar bow, right? Kill two hundred people with a solar bow in Crucible. That should take you know a while, right? So for something like that, you have the prize be a sparrow, right? But you know how always on time is a unique sparrow in the game because it's bat, it's good shot for speed, right? Yeah. What if we had one for crimson doubles, right? But you could have two guardians ride the same sparrow, right? So you can either a have it like a tandem motorcycle where it's one behind the other, or b have it, which is what I would choose. I would choose b to have old World War One style bucket on the side of the sparrow with the guardian in it. You know what I mean? Um, Indiana Jones style, like that. yeah, yeah, something like that. If you gave away like an event item like that, that is related to the event you're playing, like crimson doubles, well. Two people on a sparrow, right? Just just a one-time item like that. You know how many more people that would bring back would come back to the game just for that one rinky dink. Well, not rinky dink, but I mean it, it, a very unique sparrow, but still just a sparrow nonetheless, right? That'd bring back a ton of people if you just had unique prizes like that that were themed to the event that you were doing. And not always necessarily a weapon. We got tons of weapons. It could be the sparrow, like what I was talking about. It could be a set of armor where one set of the armor is the left side of a picture, like a heart or a dragon for New Year's or whatever, right? And then the other set of armor for your for your buddy would be like the mirror image of your armor, right? So the two of you together would have that image, right? But just just unique things like that, you know? And just, yeah, everybody's fixated on weapons. What weapon do we get? What weapon do we get? What weapon do we get? But there are other cool things to put in. A, a tandem sparrow, uh, matching armor sets, freaking, I don't know. I, would, I was trying to think of something you could do with maybe the ships, but I, don't, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. But, you know, whatever. Just, just have unique items like that, that whoever your buddy was with or whatever would get the A part and you would get the B part. Or you could choose whether you want to use the A or the B when you initiated. Didn't they? With, uh, I think that was again with Crimson Days, was there was half a sparrow that did one side and then you could have the other sparrow which matched. And then if you... I mean, you couldn't lock them together, but you could drive next to each other. And I think it formed a kind of heart. That was quite I fun. didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So they have been doing things like that, and I just didn't notice. Well, they, they did that way back when. But what I'm saying is that I think that maybe should they should have more events. And I'm feeling that like Guardian Games is slowly building up to, and I think, I hope, maybe for next year, that we get Sparrow Racing League back. Because that is perfect. Dude, I would sacrifice almost anything to get rid of that Guardian Games, dude. That like would I would I would get rid of Guardian Games for Sparrow Racing. I would get rid of Guardian Games for your 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 Valentine's Day thing, right? I would give up Guardian Games for pretty much anything else because any of those other modes are more fun, you know? And I, me and the chat were talking earlier. There's there's no way to make Guardian Games fair. There's just no way to do it. You would have to limit all three teams to the exact same number of players, and you would have to make sure that no matter who jumps offline and who jumps back online, that they would be for Titan, Warlock, or Hunter, and whether or not that number would count towards the total, right? Yeah. So, you know, things like that. Like, there's no way to make it fair. And even if you could somehow do it numerically, different classes are better at different things, right? Our Hunter's really good at PvP, yeah. But our Titan's built specifically to ruin your fun in PvP? Also, yes! 
right? Yeah. So, but you know, where hunters might fall short a little bit in PvP, we more than make up for in PvE. You know what I'm saying? So everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, and warlocks are supposed to be somewhere in the middle, right? We'll get a PvP, but we'll also get a PvE, but we kind of suck at both for various reasons, you know. But you know, just like we're all we're all built to do different things. So supremacy, supremacy to me is more of a titan thing than anything else. Arc titans just everywhere, either arc titans or some kind of bubble titan to protect a capture point. If there is one, no, there's no capture point. But yeah, just just have titans, just arc titans everywhere. Melee here, melee here, lunge there, lunge there. Freaking sky crash here, freaking whatever. Just just arc titans just dominating uh, this, you know. And that, to me, doesn't sound like fun, because Ark's already a broken class. It's double broken in PvP. Um, that's actually silly, because it's not broken in PvE. But it, it's still double broken in PvP anyway. I stick by what I said. And then, you know, having six Titans running six Ark abilities, it's going to be hard to beat no matter who you are. You know? Like, even if you're Rift Warlocks with the little Rift Buddies on top, odds are... At least half of you are going to get killed by the time you kill, you know, your first and second Titan charging in at you, right? So, it's just PvP is built for Titans, and they shouldn't make, they shouldn't make it for anyone's, for one class to have any kind of advantage like that, right? Like right now, we have the ability to do PvP and PvE, which is fine, but we have a lot of Hunters that are better at PvE, and are tapping their toes into PvP, whereas most Titans play PvP and not necessarily a lot of PvE. You know, I don't know where you're getting your stats for for that, but go on. Well, I mean, how many when you, when you're looking for PvE? Sorry, yeah, PvE players. Are you looking for Titans? Not usually. You're looking for Invis Hunters for various points and various races, raids. Or you're looking for uh, a special kind of warlock, whether it be a solar warlock or a void warlock, right? Depending on what you're trying to do, right? You rarely ever see somebody say, oh, I'm looking specifically for a solar titan. You know, unless they're doing the solar titan, uh, not event, what's it called? You got event stuck in my brain. Um, completion challenge, right? Unless it's the, the all titans challenge or whatever, and you're doing the all solar challenge at the same time, right? Yeah. But other than that, you don't hear people looking specifically for Titans, because in PvE, currently, some of these changes are going to change that, but Titans currently aren't really used for PvP unless we need a bubble. Right? So, yeah, that's why I say most Titans stick to PvP, and then perhaps swap to one of the other characters to do PvE, something that more people are looking for, right? I mean, it's just, but no matter how you look at it, currently right now, Hunters get more numbers, and Hunters are playing PvE and PvE, which should be bringing the numbers up, but it's not, because there's probably not a lot of us playing right now. Anyway, there's, the thing is, I mean, the point we, is, is, there's no way to make it fair. It's impossible I think we've debated this, and other podcasts and other YouTubers and other content creators have all de kind of debated uh, what's the best course, you know, and Bungie themselves not have it <laughs> no there is no way to do it and bungie each year fiddle with the matchmaking or fiddle with the way that the medals are worked out you know with different weightings because there's so many of these so many of them and it, this year that i think they just gave up they just didn't even tell us they were like J just there's guardian games that's it it's probably the same weighting as it was last year but then last year it was like everybody piled onto the warlocks because the warlocks hadn't won 
So even I was playing as a warlock just for fun. And yeah, it just, I, I, it just there's never going to be one overall winner that is going to be fair, to be no. honest. So. That's why I don't think it's I don't think it's a good game. Oh. Mode. Even if it's not rigged, like some people are claiming it is, it's just not it's not a good game mode. It's not a good. I, no, it's not a good event, is what you're saying. Thank not you. A, yes, the game modes are fun. the The nightfall scoring is fun. It's really good. It gets gets the community engaged. Supremacy has really got the PvP community engaged. There's good loot in there. There's some really good rolls on the scout rifle that everybody was like, mm, is this going to be good? And the title, the SMG from last year, has come back with a few more good rolls. So there are reasons to go in there and play if you're not kind of just finishing off the rest of the season. I think the best thing is just go in there, get what you want from the event, have fun. Don't worry about the overall kind of winner of it because I don't yeah, think... Yeah, they're trying to stress you about it, though. No, but Even I announcing don't... every day who won. It's like, I don't care. Stop telling me. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, just ignore it then. Yeah, you just ignore. Oh, I'm it. sorry, I misheard what he said. He said the best thing to come out of this event is the chair finisher. Oh, the oh. emote. Ah, I see. Hey, I didn't read the whole thing. I, yeah, my bad. Uh, <laughs> it helps. No, <laughs> Reading is power, kids. It is. Uh, <laughs> and, and I was gonna say parody and I and respawn and I are gonna do some reading for you now. With the we'll season twenty one ability tuning preview, mm, yes. So this is the uh, I don't know what we call it the info drop that we get on a Wednesday now. So most Wednesdays for at least the last three months, we've had a big info drop on the Wednesday before the twelve. And normally that mm -hmm. means that they've put all the information into this, and then they go, "Here's a little bit of information in the twelve. Not this week. This week they've decided to go info drop here." info drop there and it's probably going to be the same for the next couple of weeks because we are only three weeks away from a new season so let's get into it and we're going to start with ability tuning pass so these are our high level goals apparently so they want to increase the viability of roaming supers in high difficulty pve content incorporate subclass keywords into a selection of light subclass supers reduce the amount of unlimited uptime mobility available in the crucible Increase the build crafting capabilities of a selection of stasis and light subclass aspects. So, with that, we're going to get a fragment update. So, these are fragments, are the main things that you get for your class. And depending on how many slots you have in your fragment, is how many aspects you can put on, which are the things that are universal. So, normally, if you unlock uh, an aspect, they they are just for your class. Fragments are the things that are universal for all three classes. So your aspects that are going to be increasing from one to two for your hunters, the trapper's ambush, the shatter dive, mm -hmm. and the gunpowder gamble. For your titans, it's the bastion, juggernaut, and for your warlocks, chaos accelerant. So I know this doesn't really mean too much to some people, but it, it, it means that you'll be able to slot one extra fragment into those slots to do more stuff, I guess. Yeah. And if you see, like, the the hunters, at least, I don't, I'm not too sure about the other two classes, so I'll keep my mouth shut. But what I do know is, if you've noticed, we had three aspects that only gave us one slot. Titans only had two, and Warlocks only had one. So the hunters 
And mm -hmm, I'm glad they're stepping it up. But moving past that, um, the Shatter Dive and the Gunpowder Gamble. So the Gunpowder Gamble is important because that is getting a buff this season as well. The Gunpowder Gamble itself is going to get a buff. So that's important that that's going to have two slots instead of one. And the Shatter Dive, even though it's not as oppressive as it was in PvP as it used to be, um, the Shatter Dive getting, getting extra slot is going to make a lot more... Uh, uh, not frozen. What's it? Stasis called stasis. Uh, stasis builds more viable because you can do the shatter dive and AOE freeze people, especially with that new bow that we have. This is gonna tie super well into the to the stasis bow exotic build that we have for this season, right? Um, and then gunpowder gamble, like I said itself, is getting a buff, so it getting a second slot right before it gets a ability buff. It's also going to be amazing for a lot of these uh, hunter builds that, like some people like me don't like me. I don't like using it a because the gunpowder gamble only has the one slot, and b how often do I use my grenade, right? But yeah. a lot of these builds are coming out, and the gunpowder gamble is really important, and it being able to have that second slot is going to make builds next season even more powerful. So, yeah, but yeah. the fact that we had three items that only have one slot, really. Yeah, Favoritism no, much? No, but this is across all of the the subclasses, so it's it's only one on each. You know, same same with the times. Yeah, yeah. You say it's only one on each, but trapper, sandwich, shattered dive, gunpowder, gamble. That's three different subclasses. All but of them only have one. But correct aspect. me if I'm wrong. That I think on a couple of your subclasses, that a couple of the fragments, um, no, a couple of the aspects. Oh God couple of the aspects have like three slots for fragments and then you have these ones that only have one so you, that's not you, what we're talking about here no but okay. no one thing is that you never no, 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 you don't maybe no, go you don't bring, you don't have to bring that up all right see that's not what we're talking about we're talking about the ones that only have one slot no, i know yes but that's what i'm saying <laughs> if you if you pair it if you pair the one that's only got one slot with the one that you like Say that there's one that you like that is only got two slots. You're only limited mm -hmm. by three fragments that you can then put in. So this does mm -hmm. help if you want then want to have another fragment on there that then completes your build, which is really mm -hmm. nice. But then there are some that do give you three fragments. Well, not necessarily complete your build. It's, it's just... not just for hunters. I mean, I think warlocks and titans also have uh, an aspect that gives them three. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of goes with like new builds that, that, that people can put oh, dude, there's already that extra bit of oh, mm, dude just, just for shatter dive by itself not really trapper's ambush i don't have a whole lot for trapper's ambush but the shatter dive and the gunpowder oh there are so many builds that are going to be just so much better with that we can already get damn near infinite grenade hunter builds now just imagine <laughs> a freaking grenade and then a gunpowder gamble and then a grenade and then a gunpowder gamble and then a grenade and a gunpowder gamble I want to see it act like the Warlocks, uh, you know, they can shoot five stud balls at once. I'd like to see if we could do something like that next season with the Gunpowder Gamble update. Mm. That'd be really cool. So continuing with the super tuning updates, with Lightfall's release came two new roaming supers, Silk Strike and a Blade Fury. Nice. Tuning on these supers was an experiment to determine where we felt roaming supers could live in a combat sandbox. And they're pretty happy with that. So in season 21, they're taking a pass at other roaming supers as well as some underperforming burst supers to increase their viability. What they're going to do is all supers, they're going to increase the PvE damage resistance by 20%, which is nice because I think 
sometimes you do pop your super in a, a moment of panic in PVE and mm-hmm. th- the boss decides, no, 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 that's it. You're going to be taken out very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you absolutely have those moments, but I'm thinking more offensive, right? Because right now the two strongest builds in the game, as far as like just ability usage, right? Warlocks have people beat out with their grenades. I get that, right? But followed closely behind is the um, is the hunters with our silk strand, which does insane damage for a melee, right? And then the hunt, uh, the titan, your blade fury, your wolverine mode, right? Your crab mode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you do it like the streamers are talking about, light, light, heavy, light, light, heavy, light, light, heavy, it does absolutely tremendous damage in the game, right? So oh, you're talking PVE. I'm thinking like trying yeah, to hit yeah, 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 three or more kind of <laughs> PVP opponents here. No, I unless I'm saying PvP, I mean PvE. Just future <laughs> reference. Yeah, um yeah. yeah. So having to be able to pop that silk strider and not get killed with the first shot of a boss stump in 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 a grandmasters sounds incredibly nasty, right? So we can get that damage pumping out. And then literally uh, the Titans again, same thing, a lot more resistance for you guys. And then other classes like uh the uh void hunter knife I haven't played on that boat so long. I can't remember the stupid subclass name. Spectral Blades. Thank you. The Spectral Blades. Oh, Spectral Blades and Void. The yes. Void, right? Because that's going to get a buff where my heavy weakens. So being able to stay up on the boss for long periods of time while getting stomped is going to be great for that class. And of course, you know, the Stripper Pole Dancer. Three incredibly high damaging supers, but normally you can't finish out a boss phase, whether it be too long or you get killed by stomps to get your full damage out, right? So being able to survive long enough in a boss encounter to maybe get the full damage of your super is going to be a huge buff for hunters yeah. and titans. And well, yeah. yeah, I mean, because, I mean, you think about it, a lot of the titan ones are kind of close-up melee. You're in there underneath the boss's feet sometimes or underneath mm-hmm. the enemy's feet, and you you don't last two seconds if they do a stomp mechanic. It's like... Oh, absolutely. They, do, they burn the floor, that's it. You, you kind of... So it's nice that we're kind of they've 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 looked at this and gone this is what this needs and I think overall yes it does we need to feel like we are super powerful when we pop that super and we need a bit more resistance but we'll see how this kind of goes I mean they go on to say that they're in their initial subclass 3.0 conversation they opted not to include subclass key integration words like jolt and scorch into most of their supers but now that the dust has settled they are revisiting that idea. So with season 21, they're taking a pass at the roster and adding intrinsic keywords where their inclusion makes sense. Unlike existing interactions such as Arcstaff and Lethal Current or Sentinel Shield and Controlled Demolitionists, these will be baked into the super's base behavior. So hunters, overall, they're happy with the hunters, <laughs> the way they sit in your PvE. You're, you're happy with them. They're happy with them. However, there are still a few supers that are lagging behind the rest of the pack that they'd like to address. So mm-hmm. Golden Gun and Arkstaff are slightly underperforming in their intended combat roles. So they're giving them a PvE damage bump that they think will make them more viable. So Golden Gun, both Marksman and Deadshot, they've increased the PvE damage by 20%. And your Arkstaff, mm. 20% as well. I wonder if that's... When you put on the um, the Hawk helmet to get that one shot for the Golden Gun... I wonder, because it says Marksman and Deadshot, right? For Deadshot, you get three shots. Boom, boom, boom. And each one of those shots would be the damage plus the 20%, right? Yeah. Well, whenever you put that helmet on, 
the damage output at that point in time is if he had the six headshots the in the show, Hawk, as opposed yeah. to yes, right? So you literally double whatever you would have gotten before, right? So instead of having, like I said, the the three shots that do a hundred thousand plus that twenty percent extra damage, you'd have the one shot that did six thousand damage in one go, right? My question is, do they are they also going to stack that twenty percent? Like, are we going to get the twenty 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 meaning sixty percent extra damage when you put on the Hawk Moon? I don't. Or is no, that just no, going to get the twenty? The, the Celestial Nighthawk. I mean, the, the, yeah, community, the, the community insight for it on the Destiny Item Manager says that the modified Golden Gun deals 500% increased damage, but can only fire once per activation. 37% more damage compared to three precision hits with Marksman's Golden Gun. And mm-hmm. scoring a Golden Gun kill refunds 33% of the super. Uh, yeah, we know that bit. But yeah, yeah may, maybe it does. Maybe it goes up to like 600% damage. It, I think there there will be a scaler with that. I think if they probably baked it into if you put the less celestial. Novel. I hope not. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> well, I don't don't want you want make... it to work a bit better? <laughs> no, I want the sixty percent extra damage. You know what I'm saying? No, but if you I want that the... high damage, yeah. But I mean, if they the way they work it out, it'll probably be like six hundred percent damage rather than. An extra 560, 60. you mean? Yeah. I see what you mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would depend, but I would still want, like, the that 20% damage to also be baked in as though it was 60%. You know what I mean, right? So that also needs to be multiplied the way that the Golden Gun's damage is already multiplied with the one shot. That extra damage from 20%, I think, should go up to at least, at a minimum, 60%, Right. So, yeah, when that's going to hit hard, it's going to hit hard, hard. Somebody's going to do the testing to find out. And I think uh, Astrocross did actually put out a video this week covering what we're going over now and saying that basically what they're going to go away now is go and do the testing now on all of this stuff that Bungie have kind of let them know. And then they'll come back to it when it's kind of dropped in season 21 and then do a comparison video so that you can see how much the damage is and and then let people know. So watch out for that because I'll remind people once we kind of that comes back up. So if you are interested, it should be there from Astacross. Mm-hmm. But saying that, Spectral Blades has historically been a significantly underperformer. How is is that what your estimation is, Respawn? In PvE, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Nobody takes in that over a tether unless there's something wrong with them. Do you think they're going to take it in now? Because they're increasing the PvE damage by 35%. And the heavy attack um, now weakens targets on hit. That paired with the damage resistance, I would say yes. Because, first of all, we have to determine what, how much more the damage buff is, right? Are we talking tether level uh, damage? If so, then it has to last at least as long as a tether, right? If it doesn't last as long as a tether, then no, that's not going to be viable, right? So the only good thing about a tether is that damage debuff. If this damage debuff... Uh, for the, for the new Hunter Strider, while they're DPSing, right? So not only you get the same debuff as the Tether is, you're still DPSing on top of that by hitting him where the Tether doesn't, right? Yeah. So, you know, and then you compound on top of that how long that is, right? Tether, let's say you have a 20-second Tether, Arc Strider lasts 18 it, seconds. Absolutely. Arc Strider would be way better than Tether in almost every instance at that point. You I know mean, what I mean? some supers they build to be... Not like, Arc Strider, uh, 
Spectral Blade. Yeah. Every time I said Arc Strider, I meant Spectral Blade. Sorry. Yeah. So, the thing is, sometimes they, they build these supers to be those specific things, like the bubble is the bubble, the well is the well, the tether mm-hmm. is the tether. So sometimes they don't they they don't want to make like Spectral Blade equal to the tether. They'll make it uh, an option to do something else. And what I didn't Well, this realize, isn't something else, though. Think about yeah. it. This is no, a no. debuff with a DPS, right? Normally yeah. you can either debuff or you get the DPS. This is kind of a combination of the two, I think. Yeah, with the weakening, yes. But yeah. what I didn't realize that are, did you know this? Spectral Bladers are all left handed because apparently they fixed an issue causing some right-handed spectral blade attacks to fail. So <laughs> confirmed. No, they, don't... <laughs> they can hit everything with their left hand. It's when it comes to their right hand, they can't hit anything. It's not, it has nothing to do with <laughs> that. It has to do with the timing between the frames no, and the no. actual hit detection. No, right? they're left-handed. No, not left-handed. Spectral but just left-handed. Half your hits miss. No. no correct. Half of your exactly. hits miss. Exactly, yeah. Spectral blade is a left-handed. So uh, that's another thing. As long as they fix that, on top of the damage buff, on top of the resistance, on top of the uh, enemy debuff, it's looking to be a real strong contender for Tether next season. Mm. Real strong. Especially when you have Winston's vest on that increased the longevity of the the special blades. Cool. So apparently Gathering Storm for Arc 3.0 where they're saying that they initially intended to be more significantly higher player precision than right. the way you throw it, like a, a dart on a dartboard. Sure. Whereas a Nova bomb is just kind of, you throw a big bully at somebody and it's going to hit somebody. Yeah. Eventually. Maybe. <laughs> and in, in its current iteration too frequently fails to reward at that precision increasable. So mm-hmm. basically, yeah, it, it, you're trying to hit a needle in a haystack with one of those things sometimes. I mean, I've thrown it and it's it's kind of decided, no, I'm going to go and stick to the wall just above where you threw it, not actually auto-aim. I've never that. had problems with it doing that. Normally well, if I, I miss, it's because I missed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a Titan playing as a hunter is going to have issues trying to kind of, especially if they think they're on tickle stick. You can solve that, pro- you can solve that problem. Look, hear me out. Hear me out. No. Listen, you ready? No, no. It's easy. I'm go telling on. you. I'm, okay. All you got to do, stop playing as a Titan. Exactly. <laughs> eh, you won't have that problem anymore. Eh, well, I will, because I won't be playing Destiny. <laughs> so to address this, they're making the target adjustments to direct impact and delaying the lightning strike damage to increase the payoff for directly landing the staff or properly mm-hmm. timing the lightning strike and increasing the damage Gathering Storm does against stationary defensive supers. So that's going to be interesting. Nice. So the well, throwing that at a well is going to do some good damage. But then if you throw it at a time bubble, hmm, where does that go? I mean, Gathering Storm, it says directly. I mean, you, you say that, yeah, because I've hit, I've hit a Titan bubble with it, and the Titans are just laughing at me watching my fire firecracker spill yeah. out. You know, yeah. I mean, it, in theory, it can't it can't burst through the bubble. But if no. it if it bursts, if you throw it and it attaches like a dart to the bu- bubble, does it just kind of sit on the top of the bubble and then explode the bubble and then stay in midair? I, I think that's kind of what it does. It doesn't drop down to the floor and then do more damage. But yeah, 
I mean, they said Gathering Storm, direct impact damage versus players is increased from 200 to 300. The delayed lightning strike damage versus players is increased from 3 to 500. Lingering lightning tick damage versus players increased from 40 to 60. And now deals increased damage versus Well and Ward of Dawn. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I will Uh give you, I'm medicated, so I could be wrong about this, right? But I could have sworn there was something in here about not only all of these changes too, the lingering attacks cause jolt for targets now. So they get that debuff on top of them and you get that damage increase on top of them, right? But I don't see that here. Yeah, the, the you, this is the light, the lingering light tick damage versus players is increased from 40 to 60. So they're trying to say that the jolt debuff is what's doing this extra damage? No, they haven't actually said it, the jolt. Because that's what I'm talking about. Tick damage. I could have sworn there was something in here that says sustained damage. Well, we'll have to sustain come Sustained being the key word causes jolt to targets. Well, we'll probably come across that then. But we're doing the change. Okay, you might be but right. If, it, I... if it's not there, I can't read it because it's not there. Fine. I'm just wondering where I heard that from or if I'm tripping. You could Probably both. Okay. So Titans. Again, on the whole, we believe Titan Supers are currently falling a bit short in high-level PvE content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Respawn was saying. You don't want to take a time. Well, like Micah was saying. Micah was complaining yeah. about this. To remedy this, they're increasing the PvE damage of several roaming supers across their Arc, Solar, and Stasis subclasses. While we increase the Fist of Havoc's PvE damage in Lightfall, its performance in high-difficulty content hasn't noticeably improved. So we've more holistically revalued its attack, energy costs that are enabling its heavy attack to be to blind targets. That's cool. So the Fist of Havoc and Lightning Attack cost reduction from 8.5 to 6%. Heavy attack costs reduce reduced from 18 to 12. Increase the heavy attack PvE damage by 33%. Heavy attacks now blind targets near the center of the slam area. That Again, right there, that right there, nothing else in this screams is going to do more damage than your Superman slam, right? But what it does tell you is at the end, you blind things in the center of your attack. Yeah, but this is this is an ads clear thing again. Nobody's going to use Fist No, of if you can blind a boss, that's a big thing, dude. You're telling me that I'm going to be able to blind Rolk? I'm going to be able to blind Nazarek? I don't know who you can I, blind, but I'm just saying yeah, like, exactly. like I, big ticket, big those, ticket bosses, or th- not even a boss, not even like a raid boss, just like you can't seem to get past the tormentors, you know, because okay. you're just starting out. That's right there. Yeah, They're yeah. blind. What are they going to do? Can you can you debuff like the raid bosses or the dungeon bosses in a way like, can you blind them? If you throw out a uh, suppression or a concussion grenade, can you? Does that have any effect on? Them? I don't think it does. I think the bigger the boss, this this won't uh, this won't affect. Mm. Okay. I think they, they've got those things built into them. These are for kind of little bosses. These are like for barrier champions or lucent hive. This is where this will work. And you're Again, and you're blowing a super to get this blind effect. So yeah. I could throw out a grenade to get a blind effect. Yeah, I thought it's, it was going to be stronger than that. I mean. I mean, if, the way you're talking about it, I mean, all these changes to Titans still make it less viable than your Superman slam, you know? Okay, so if I rocked up in a dungeon or a, a nightfall or a raid with you with this mm-hmm. new Fist of Havoc, mm. would you accept it? Or would you yeah. say, put something I'd else? i put you on ad clear. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. 
but you could probably clear more ads with your weapons these days with what you can kind of build into those. Yeah, but the raid, there's lots of encounters in the raid, especially on hard mode, where you got champions to deal with. If my Titan can run around the map blinding all the champions around us, that's still a good thing. No, you know, so, yeah. and and yeah. doing damage to them because like a grenade, yeah, you can blind with a grenade, but this you're blinding and hopefully sticking foot up butt at this point, right? So you're not only blinding them, you're doing a big chunk of damage to help us deal with you know uh, champions or or champion level enemies that just don't have the shield nonsense on them, right? You know the big yellow bars that are chunky like champions, right? So yeah. Yeah, being able to blind them in a high level activity is still a good thing, right? Like, holy crap, we got, you know, Legionnaires spawning Titan, blind them all so we don't get murked in the first five seconds of the damage phase, you know what I mean? The thing so, is, yeah. I think when when I was doing the the opening of the, the Root Nightmares raid, and I was running around with insurmountable skull fort, and I think, I, again, I had the Ballistic Slam on there, and, oh no, I didn't, did I? Oh, yes, I think I did. And I just had the shoulder charge. And I was shoulder charging all the little enemies. Again, I was kind of blinding well, you had them. The skull support. Yeah, so. yeah. But I, yeah. I was using that. I didn't need my Fist of Havoc to be changed. I And then I was able to kind of, if I needed to, pop my super and do the Superman punch on a mm -hmm. Tormentor or a champion. It was like, again, as a Titan, this doesn't... Yeah, but that helmet, you wearing that helmet sacrifices your damage because... Like if you run Superman Slam in the raid, then, you're wearing again, your chest no, piece. The thing, the thing is, me wearing that helmet gives me infinite amount of shoulder charges in PVE, and For I can ads that you can one shot. Yes, yeah, and I can go around and one shot quite a lot of ads. Yeah, you haven't then... played Grandmasters a lot, have you? No, but what I'm saying is, is just <laughs> that, that bit of the raid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Even red hard modes. Some of the red hard modes. These red bars have as much health as a normal yellow bar. You know. Yeah. So okay. they are they are bullet sponges, dude. Um, and I'm not saying you can't. I'm not. I don't know how strong a titan is. You might be able to run shot the red bars, right? Yeah. But now you got to deal with the yellow bars, right? And in the raid, especially the new one, you have to kill the yellow bars first because they cause other things to happen. Like, they, they cause my champion to spawn so I can kill my champion, right? My champion doesn't spawn until he kills the yellow bar. You see how that works? Yeah. So the yellow bars are priority, red bars come after. So okay. as soon as you have to prioritize the yellow bar and you got nothing on but that helmet, you're losing your melee unless you shoot him enough and then melee him at the end, you know? Okay, fair enough. Uh, Glacial Quake, which is our ice slam, they're increasing the Shiver Strike thrust speed while in super by 10%, and they're increasing the light attack damage by 20%. Because, again, and it's one of those... It's still crap. <laughs> it's still crap. They say it's in a solid place with their strong damage output, but the light they're... attack doesn't no. offer enough of a reward to feel worthwhile in its current state. Um, uh, yeah, Drunk Toddler is, is what parody would tell them. And... Um, for Sentinel Shield, Hammer of Soul, and Burning Mole, they're happy with the performance given their additional utility, but they feel some minor damage increase would significantly help their usability in situations where pure offensive is needed. For Burning Mole in particular, we're also making a small quality of life change in its interaction with Soul Invictus aspect, and allowing the Heavy Attack Cyclone to apply a small amount of Scorch. So the Sentinel Shield is increased by PV increased PvE damage by 20%, Hammer yeah. of Soul PVE damage by 10%. Meh. The Burning Mole increased the PVE damage by 10%. And they now creates a sunspot when casting a Soul Invictus is equipped. 
matching the behaviour of the Hammer of Soul. And the heavy attack cyclone now applies Scorch over time. So that paired with the new new damage buff, right? Your new defense buff, I should say, right? That's going to make Burning Maul pretty good because I don't know how much damage your Sunspot does, but does your Sunspot always heal you or just when you wear a lower lie? No, it always heals you. Okay, so you, you drop your super and a Sunspot on the boss while doing your little, you know, Beyblade of Death, right? Um, now that it applies Scorch, and they're standing in the fire, and we're assuming you don't get knocked away, you know, that looks like it can do some pretty serious damage. I don't know if, you know, buffed Hunter super damage, but it's not bad, you know? Not bad. I, I, I mean, I say we say it every time that there's nerfs, there's buffs, or there's changes to the game. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's this cycle, and I know other people have said this. It's the cycle of destiny. It it goes round and round in circles. It goes with like different metas for different guns and different things yeah. that they go. This needs to be brought up. This one needs to be brought down. This one needs to go up. It's kind of sit back, wait. I mean, they're giving us numbers here, and we're we're going. Yep, yeah, you know. We can see on paper that that looks good, but it may just work out bad or on paper it looks bad and it may work out amazing. So until we get it in our hands, you're not going to really 100% know, are you, to be honest? Right. I mean, on paper, this all looks good. Not all looks good, but on paper, that looks good. Burning (laughs) mall. Yeah. And on paper, Warlocks generally have a strong neutral game, apparently. So... uh, they're doing yeah, well. <laughs> Very much. So with season 21, we're addressing some of these outliers on the low end and focusing primarily on Stormcaller and Voidwalker with a few quality of life fixes sprinkled throughout. For Voidwalker, we're increasing the PV damage output of Nova Warp and both Nova Bomb variants and allowing Nova Warp to make targets volatile. Nova Warp increased PV damage by 15%. A fully charged attack now makes en- enemies volatile on hit. That's good. Well, so 15% th- is nowhere near enough for it to be viable in PvE. They need... No, I know they I'm need, being generous. I'm yeah. being really generous, but I think that should be 30. That should be a 30% damage increase in PvE. Well, again, I mean, I think they probably say at the end, or they they say at the beginning, that these are changes that they're making now. They're, they're, some of them are going to be small increments and they're going to go, well, you know, we obviously, d- it's made it an improvement and we want to see more of an improvement. So we're going to maybe talk. Yeah, we're going to improve it, like more. improve it, because right now they're not going to get any data because people are still going to use you Nova Bomb they over Nova they're Warp. Getting data. They're getting you data know? lots of different things. Yeah, I'm saying you should you should still make it make it good enough so that it, people would use it over Nova Bomb. Then you'll get real numbers. Whatever, I'm saying these words. Nova Bomb, they've increased the PvE damage by 20%. So again, that's a good thing. Nova Bomb by 20%. Yeah, that's going to be strong too, but Nova Warp needs a bigger buff. Nova Warp, you've got to get up close to somebody to use it, or closer than Nova Bomb. Why it needs a bigger buff, yeah, absolutely. You're getting boss stomped, which again, we're getting your defense buff, so... Take that out, right? Um, And you just and and you have two different moves you have to do. You have and you have to a charge up time too, right? So there's a lot of stuff that goes into Nova Warp, right? And for for all these things to come together, I still don't think a 15% damage buff is going to be enough. And cool, you made enemies volatile. All that means is you don't do any extra damage to them. It's just that when they die, they blow up. 
well, against a boss that does you no good because he's never going to blow up, you know? So making a boss volatile means what, you know? Again, this this may be like uh, the, the Titan one. It's mainly focused on clearing ads. Like you said, if if you've got this on your team, you may go, right, you're dealing with the ads. You're going to go around and make everything volatile. Yeah, but if we're going to pick a warlock, honestly speaking, like this would not make it say, nah, dude, you got to play, you know. I mean, you, you put this you on. You know, healing a, warlock, you know. Race submachine gun out and that does avoid damage and you just go to town on them. Just, yeah, go full out. Yeah, but it's not going to be more. What I'm saying is, no, uh, have a what we're losing, aka, well, warlock and gaining, oh, a DPS thing that anybody can do. We're going to need the well lock. 100%. What, what do you mean anyone could do? You mean the Titan over there that's just had that buff? Yeah, Titan. Anybody <laughs> can do ad clear. You know what I mean? So if you're gonna if you're gonna take away my well warlock, you got to give me something better than this. This ain't it, Chief. No, you know. <laughs> So for the Ark Warlocks, for Stormcaller and Stormtrance and Chaos Reach, uh, they don't believe that either of those are excelling in their intended roles. Okay. So they're going to take a pass at their PvE damage as well. So the Stormtrance is increased in their PvE damage by 25%. Beautiful. Damage ramp up while attacking now occurs more quickly over three seconds down from five. Nice. A landfall detonation, which is the one where if you're kind of in air or off the ground, it kind of does that mm-hmm. lightning attack on the ground. And seekers are now jolt targets. That's a strong buff. That's that's strong. Yeah, but jolt is getting a little bit of nerf. Yeah, but I'm just talking about the 25% damage increase. Yeah. And now they the damage ramp up is three seconds instead of five. Uh, that's strong. That's very strong. Uh, they've increased the chaos reach PVE damage by 25%. Beautiful. The same damage on a single target now creates a jolting lightning strike at the top. Oh, it was for the chaos reach. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, they've increased the damage resistance versus player from forty percent to fifty percent. Increased the speed from three point five milliseconds to four point five milliseconds, and adjusted the super camera to avoid players' bodies blocking view targets when strafing. Mm-hmm. There you go. So no more blocking of bodies. It happens like if you're in a cave or something, you're too close to the ceiling. Yeah, it does wonky things, but um. This with Geomags on, this could be a good contender for Geomags to come back in a big way. Yeah, because it Chaos Reach did get nerfed, didn't it? So it was well, like, no, it wasn't Chaos Reach that got nerfed. It was the Geomags that got nerfed. You know, I thought Chaos Reach got nerfed. Mm, no, it's Geomags. It was so many times. It's so many different things have been nerfed and buffed. And yeah, well, I'll tell you in just a second what happened. Okay. So almost well, well, while you're looking for that i'm going to tell people that they're happy with winter's wrath excelling as a crowd control tool and they're giving it a small damage boost in pve to increase its usability in situations like boss damage phases <gasps> they're going to increase the pv damage by 10 percent with winter's wrath and that? finally they're making some small adjustments to daybreak cameras to make it easier to locate targets in the heat of combat no don't do that that's just going to make it easier for them to hit me so they've adjusted the super camera angle to allow players to look down further and avoid VFX blocking view of targets when moving quickly. <gasps> oh, they're going to hit me even better now. Run! Did you find what you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, I found it before you cut me off. I was already there. <laughs> um, yeah, damaging targets with Chaos Reach extends its duration. And then you get the, uh, the, the arc things that drop down to give you more super and everything back even faster. 
Um, and yeah, the, between the nerf of these boots, and they don't do as much damage over time, and the um, it used to also give you some super back. Like, if you stopped your super soon, you'd get some of that super refunded back to you immediately. They took that away, too. Um, and then the the Chaos Reach being so... It, well, it was so good. But being good on its own, with the right aspects and fragments mixed with the Geomax stabilizers, it could be a very good boss debuffer come next, next season, too. But again... On paper, it looks good. We'll have to see how it actually plays out. So, talking th- of the way things play out, Bungie is letting things play out with Strand. So, let's talk about it. Apparently, they're still in the process of evaluating Strand's performance in the live game, and they expect that the performance to continue to shift over the course of this year because they're going to give us new aspects. So, that's obviously going to make uh, a slight change with how we're using them, a bit like we had with Stasis, where we had different fragments and aspects kind of built into it over the year, and then the way that they kind of gave us new exotics that kind of enhanced that gameplay. This is kind of going to inform them going forward. But for now, they're making some adjustments to the base cooldown times and targeted improvements to pain points that they've observed since the Lightfall's launch. So Hunters... Your threaded spike increased the projectile travel range before beginning to return to players by 30%. They've increased the damage versus PvE combatants by 55%. Slightly reduced the speed of the dart as it returns to the players to make catching it easier. Increased the energy gained for catching the dart based on the number of enemies it's hit. It now pierces Cabal Phalanx shields. And it no longer prioritizes the catch action over the grapple melee if an enemy target is within grapple melee range. Titans, the Frenzied Blade, decrease the cooldown base on how many melee charges the player has stored. At zero charges, the cooldown reduced by 15%. At two charges, the cooldown reduced by 30%. And Warlocks, Arcane Needle, decrease the cooldown base on how many melee charges the player has stored. Again, at zero charges, cooldown is reduced by 15%. At two, reduced by 30, a bit like the Titans. Increase the projectile speed based on the projectile flight time. Initial velocity increased to 40 meters per second, up from 30. Final velocity increased to 70 meters per second, up from 60. And they've increased the projectile tracking strength by 10%. Grapple across the board is reduced base cooldown from 105 seconds to 82 seconds. They've reduced the minimum time between grapple activation from 2.5 to 0.2 seconds. Thread of generation reduced the energy generation provided by some damage over time mechanics and reduced the energy generation provided by trace rifles by 36%. What are your thoughts on Hunters then? The changes to the Hunters. Are you happy with that? I mean, it was already strong. It was, it was probably the highest DPS super in the game, right? It was already strong. And then when I saw that it, they gave us a defense buff, it was even stronger. And then they increased the damage on top of that? Yo! And... I was talking about these changes earlier. I can't wait for these, right? The 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 grapple recharge time, right? Yeah. Where like you, you shoot it out and then you have to wait two and a half seconds on just the first one to come back out again, right? After that, you can shoot as many as you want, as fast as you want. But for some stupid reason, after you shoot your first one, you have to wait two and a half seconds before you can shoot your second one the first time, right? And it's yeah. the, the the fixing that it's gonna it's gonna make hunters so much better, right? Or, or at least in PVE, I'm talking about, right? And <laughs> yeah. and just and, and there was another thing where it's 
Catching the knife is dumb. I hate that aspect. It, it screws me up so much. True? Is this true? As a hunter, if you hold down the button that throws out that uh, needle and yeah. you hold the button down, when it comes back, you just catch it automatically. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. On, that, on, on controller, it doesn't work on keyboard that I've found, but on controller well, on, it does. On controller all the way. That, that did yeah. me. I'm quite happy with that. But um, the thing about the, the, the throwing knife, right? Like, it's good for a lot of things, right? Like, the more enemies I hit, the more energy I get back, builds, things like that, right? It's really good. But when I'm trying to grapple, right, the first thing that makes me mad is if I have a charged melee, I have to throw it before I go into the grapple. Because if I do the grapple and I have that charged melee, it'll use my charged melee instead of my AoE big damage hit, right? Yep. So... First time I come down, oops, I just used the charge melee. Dang it. And now I have to wait two and a half seconds <laughs> before I get back up on the thing and then hit them with the charge melee, right? But sometimes coming back with that charge melee is timed just well enough that when I go to do the, the heavy swing attack, my charge melee just reaches back to me at that moment and I have to use a stupid catch animation instead of knocking somebody out. I don't like the knife, well, you, Bungie. Well, you, won't, you won't have to worry about that because they're changing it. Good. But like the stasis. The fact that they're prioritizing the AOE over the charge melee itself is huge change. Huge change. But yes, that's, that's how I feel about that. What about Titans, you said? Titans, yeah. It's, it's the same as the, the Warlocks, really. They decrease the cooldown based on how many melee charges you've got. Yeah. Um, I, I've learned with Strand. Did you say for Warlocks too? Yeah, I, I've learned with like Strand is that I only use <sighs> the melee when I need to use the melee. Whereas if I'm on like Arc Titan and I'm using it to kind of the shoulder charge to get out of a, a situation or get into a situation as a kind of movement ability, which we'll come onto a bit later, mm-hmm. um, I kind of I do spam that. Whereas with Strand, I know that it uses up a charge if I touch the button. So it's one of those things I only use it when I need to. So yeah, it's a it's a good thing. Um, and the grapple coming back is a good thing because if you have the armamentarium on and you have a grapple, it gives you double grapple with the armamentarium because mm-hmm. it thinks you've got two grenades. So that's cool. So I like that. Yeah, and and hunters already have two grenades, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Stasis tuning. So across yes. seasons fourteen and fifteen, which were way back when. Waypack. They made a series of tuning changes to our stasis subclass to bring them closer to our expected power. Bar. I hated these changes. These were the worst changes Bungie ever made. You killed, killed the hunters in combat. <sighs> Sorry. With subclass 3.0 and Strand out the door, we're revisiting some of the changes that they made in those updates, and they feel that specific stasis abilities or aspects are lacking in the current current landscape. In particular where previous changes had a negative impact on the feel of an ability. So Hunters, Withering Blade, they've increased the projectile tracking search range on Bounce versus Players Man. by 20%, and they've increased the maximum tracking strength by 12.5. You, you guys with your Withering Blades th- throwing them out all the time was just... All the time? I can well, hit well, you with both of them, and you only get, like, 30 Frost. Yes, but... They they've kind of taken a couple of steps back, and it's going to probably work a bit better now. Well, I don't care about that. I'd rather it either a I can hit you with both and freeze you. Well, you never know. You might now. And then b no, they didn't say anything about that. 
And then <laughs> no. B, it do a little bit more damage. Because I can hit I can hit you with both of them, and it doesn't even take your overshield. <laughs> it's just they're so weak in PvP. And PvE, they're okay. But like I'd rather them freeze or do more damage than this. This is this to me is a dumb increase. And you better watch out, because when my Titan pops his shiver strike, I can move slightly faster to get to you rather than boom 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 oh i thought it was further i've, I've got is it faster I, yeah it's faster they've increased the flight increase by 16 the maximum thrust while in flight increased by 16 percent. but they've decreased the maximum downward influence of gravity while in flight by 18 percent. so basically you're not going to be pulled back down through it's not like you're not going to be wearing ice boots basically so you'll hmm. be able to catch up with your enemies and you'll be able to do some damage to them whereas at the moment if i pop it that person's sin that I've popped it and they've run away or they've leapt up into the air to get away from me slamming the ground where my icicles are. So there's no point in me actually popping it. Right. Uh, Howl of the Storm increased the, the width of the freezing cone versus players by 31%. I'm not 100% sure on what that one is because I don't know either. I haven't used. Is that your slide where you send out a bunch of crystals? Could. Uh, no. How, I, I, honestly, I honestly I couldn't remember. Because I haven't played as a stasis titan for forever, basically. Every mm. now and then, maybe, but I, I don't take a note of what they are. Fair. And Warlocks, your Frost Pulse now provides two meters of additional melee lunge range after an activation for 1.2 seconds. So, yeah, that's cool. I don't know what that means. Now provides two meters of additional melee lunge range so they can go further. After activation for 1.2 seconds. I don't know what processes. Is that good, Warlocks? Is that a good thing? Are y'all excited? I don't... They put it there and, and the Warlocks seem to be excited. Okay. <laughs> so Light Subclass tuning updates. For our Light Subclasses, Season 21 brings a general tuning pass with a wide variety of abilities, focusing on those that are significantly overperforming or underperforming. <sighs> Bungie have finally done it, and they've upset the Titans. To the <laughs> point. Right, I'll read it because I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little I'm bit like... upset, <laughs> just a little bit upset, and I'm sure oh. Micah was probably extremely. Oh, no, he yeah, we had words. Yeah, well, no, I was update, waiting for this <laughs> with update three point four point zero. We made shoulder charge abilities, seismic strike, shield bash, and hammer strike significantly easier to use and increase their viability as a movement tool at the cost of the ability to one-shot another player without the mm -hmm. intentional build crafting. As subclass 3.0 has rolled out and shoulder charge abilities are no longer locked to a specific subclass diamond, it became clear that the extreme mobility enabled by the energy cost of shoulder charge is too high. No, no it's not. It's pretty high. No. Yeah. So while they're comfortable with players having a strong mobility capabilities at their disposal, these abilities should have a meaningful trade-off for their use and should all and shouldn't all be an always on. To that end, they're adding a small melee energy cost to shoulder charge abilities on activation, regardless of whether the target was hit or not. Uh, they realize this is a big shift and don't want to punish players who use these abilities primarily for offense. So we're offsetting this change with a decrease in their base cooldown. So basically what this means is if you've been using Seismic Strike, Shield Bash, or Hammer Strike to get around and do a little bit of moving, it's going to work the same way that Strand, 
and stasis does. If you hit that melee button, it's going to cost you your melee energy, but not as much. So seismic strike, shield bash, and hammer strike now cost 15% melee energy on activation. If you have a base cooldown, which are now standardized at 91 seconds, previously range from 101 seconds to 114. Uh, based on your strength stat, the effective cooldown on shoulder charge as a movement tool will range from around 17 seconds at naught strength down, down to around 7 seconds at 100% strength. So basically they want you to build into strength rather than just use it whenever and however you want to kind of use it. What, what is upsetting? What is upsetting for me is that this has been built into our subclasses from the day one. Day one, you know, ever since we came into Destiny Two, this has always been a thing of Titans use this as a movement thing to get around. If Bungie had come out like a year or two years into the game and gone, what they're saying now, I think it would have been a hard pill to swallow. Now it just feels like it's they're kicking us when we're down. I, 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 because of this? I, I no, because I do. Because the melee cost that's needed. Y'all, no, y'all have. No, listen, no, bro. I, I, do, I do get it. I do get it because when we saw that the strand and the stasis changes came in, that if you hit that melee button to get out of a situation, it actually costs the whole of your melee charge. So it it kind of made Titans wake up and go, you know, if we're going to use these subclasses, we're going to have to use the melee properly to kind of do that. But mm-hmm. on our other alternate light subclasses that can kind of get away with this, this is what we're going to be using it for. I don't think it's fair to change a subclass movement ability this far into the game without... Uh, I, d- I don't think they should have done it. I mean, I get I, it. I think it's fine. I also... I, I don't I think they did it. enough to knock out. Like, knock out... Like... I guess they kind of did with the the uncharged sixty to one hundred percent, but that knockout is what ended me a lot. Okay, you know, I kept getting mad every time. I'm like, I thought I couldn't one shot anymore, Bungie. Okay, right. and I'm getting one shot by all these freaking if, knockout titans. If Bungie turned around today and said, "Hunters, you know your is it um, your dodge ability? When you dodge near an enemy, it fully recharges your melee." Yeah, sure. yeah, and that's that's across all your subclasses. No. So, is it not? No. Okay. It's across some of the subclasses. Most of them, yes. Okay. So imagine if Bungie then turned around and said, you dodge near an enemy. If you've already expended your melee energy, you dodge near the enemy, you only get half of that back now. Mm. Okay. Would you be happy with that? Or would you say, no, Bungie, you, you, this has been built in since day one. Why are you now taking like four years later and going, now we can't do that? For the arc and solar builds, yes, what, I would be upset. Exactly. It, it's one of those things where it, it's built into. It's not like if they'd have changed this when they did that whole subclass three point rework, and they gave us the 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 trees, and they they did the they worked it out differently. If this had been built into that, I think. As Titans, we would have accepted it a bit better because it would have been, oh, we're reworking the whole subclass thing. This is an afterthought of, oh, okay, so they're still using this to get around, so we're going to kind of nerf it. And I accept, you know, it's going to take, you're going to have to build into strength to kind of 
get it back within seven seconds. This makes sense because we have to build into things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why you shouldn't. No, but you don't have to build into that with your dodge ability. You automatically, if you're near an enemy, you automatically get that melee back. And that's the way, if they did the same to the hunters, I'd be upset as well for you as the hunters, because I use that when I'm on a hunter. If I dodge near somebody, I expect to kind of have my, if I, if it didn't come back up straight away, I'd be angry. I'd be like, well, what's this silly thing that we now suddenly got? If I'd have known about it in the first place, Bungie, I would have built into it with doing different things. Whereas now, it's just it's been so long that I think that's what's a little bit upsetting. Yeah, but I mean uh, <laughs> that's your complaint. It's, it's not that's what's not happening, but how long it took him to do it. I mean, am I picking up on that? Because well, I, mean, yeah, I mean like I said, when they did the reworks of all the light based subclasses, didn't they? Uh-huh. If they'd have built this into it, I'd have completely But this is only this is only Arc Titan. Arc Titan is the biggest the big, no, it's not. That's what I said earlier. It's the biggest threat in PvP right now. It's a freaking Arc Titan. Yeah, but it's not. You know? Arc it Titan, is. Arc Titan is the seismic strike. Shield Bash is the void, and Hammer Strike is the solar. So they've touched. Yeah, but I didn't say anything about the Shield Bash or the Hammer Throw. I'm only talking about Knockout yeah. mostly, right? Yeah, Which again is tied to you, to how often you can use your melee, right? I think that's important. You know, I'm not no, complaining I'm about like... the Shield Throw or the throwing hammer. Well. Okay, the fact that it already magnetizes towards every freaking guardian on the field bugs me. But they're increasing the mag- magnetization, right? So that it tracks targets easier. I wasn't really happy about that. But the biggest threat, I think, was the arc. I think arc needed that. I think arc needs more than this. But this is a good start. No, but they're only nerfing the fact that the Titans can get around. They're not nerfing the fact that you get your shoulder charge. Because if you expend your shoulder charge... You've got to have built into strength to use it to get it back up. This yeah, is to, that's this why is that's why you have to not build into it. You're not just going to get it, right? At yeah, least now you got to build into it, which could nerf some of your other builds. Titans. This isn't to nerf ability spamming in any way that is a detriment to other classes. Other classes have other ways of kind of dodging or getting out of the way of something. If you dodged out of the way, you'd still get your melee back. We're Again, not we're not invincible during a dodge. If if you're coming at me are. and I dodge, I'm not invincible near during, during a shoulder charge. No, but like you, you assume we can just dodge out of anything. It's like it's not the case, dude. <laughs> Tash is not all powerful. It may, it may not be the same comparison, but it was the only thing I could think of on a hunter. Okay. Whereas if you didn't get it back, it would affect your gameplay in some way, and you would have definitely to the melees. Yeah, the melee's not coming back for. Again, the the arc and the solar would definitely be a problem. Yeah. Anyway, th- that's my that's my gripe. It's over and done with because at the end uh, of the day, I have no saying this because in season twenty one they're also making some adjustments to knockout, shield throw, throwing hammer, and sunspots. So knockout currently offers a large number of easy to access powerful effects. The most prominent of which is a long duration melee lunge, which has provided to be extremely difficult to combat as a potential target. We're reducing the melee lunge bonus it provides from two meters to one. To offset this change Ooh. in PvE, we're also increasing its uncharged melee damage bonus versus PvE targets from 60 to 100%. Needed. Okay. So, knockout, uh, which is your arc, which is your lunge range reduced from 6.5 to 5.5. Uncharged melee PvE damage is increased from 60 to 100. For shield throw and throwing hammer, they're making a few improvements to their usability, primarily against fast-moving targets, so hunters, basically. 
chill throw. Wow. Impact damage from 60 to 70. Increase the consistency of finding and adjusting initial trajectory towards a new target after bounce. And throwing hammer now adjusts its initial flight trajectory based on your aim assist target. Hmm. I wonder what I used before. What do you mean? Well, it, like, you would think that the hammer would go in the trajectory that you threw it, right? Oh, they're the... acting like they just now did it so that the hammer would go in the trajectory that you throw it. Like, like what, were you, were you Titans throwing it straight and it coming out of the left side of your ass? No, no. No, but... <laughs> no this isn't your super... Th as far as I'm aware, this isn't your super throwing hammer. This is like your, your melee throwing hammer. hammer. So yeah. your throwing hammer... You do have to be pretty much on target. It doesn't have like a Thor's hammer auto aim. It will go to you and hit you on the head and come back kind of thing, or even just kind of roll back to you. It's it's not that good. So I'm, I'm hopefully this is going to be quite good because you're throwing hammer. If you can get a hit on somebody and then pick it back up, you do recharge your melee, which is quite nice. Yeah. And then you got to build where you got to do that three times to build three stacks of burning whatever, and then you become a real monster, right? Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you get your your stacks. So apparently, with the launch of Witch Queen last year, we implemented a preemptive tuning change to reduce the amount of damage sunspots dealt to players. Yes, you did, and it upset me because I thought I was going to do lots more damage in the Crucible. <laughs> Sunbreaker performance is currently trailing the rest of the Titan subclasses in Crucible. So guess what? In twees in season twenty-one, we're walking that change back slightly to make Sunspots a safer haven for Sunbreakers and their allies, and better at encouraging enemies to keep their distance. Yes. So the Soul Invictus increases the damage dealt by Sunspots to enemy players per tick from 17 to 22. So not all the way back. I think it was something like 28 damage. I think we lost about 10 from that. So Still that hurts. A little bit more than you kind of just walking through and going, oh, oh, you're tickling me. Oh. Let's mm, take damage. We throw a freaking dust grenade at you guys. Not only do you walk through, but you also don't take damage. But for hunters, they're making a series of targeted changes to Nightstalker and Gunslinger melee. This was totally unneeded. This is unnecessary. Okay, so you can have a rant in a minute then. <laughs> <laughs> for Nightstalkers, we're increasing the snare bomb's effectiveness as a debuffing tool to help enable more offensive playstyles and furthering their abilities to support their allies. So the snare bomb increases the PVE weakened duration on detonation from four from four seconds to eight seconds. That's okay. For gunslingers, proximity explosive knife and weighted throwing knife, particularly on mouse and keyboard, have dominated in their performance. Disagree. No, but this is what they're saying. They're, they're, you said <laughs> no, no, it, it does. Up. I'm just being an ass. It absolutely. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> okay. With lightweight knife struggling to land its intended role as an easy-to-use melee option, to bring these back into our expected power band, we're shifting the damage output of proximity explosive knife slightly further towards direct impacts, reducing the ease of use of weighted throwing knife for mouse and keyboard inputs, especially at very close ranges, and making lightweight knives easier to use for broader range of player skills. For your proximity explosive knife, detonation damage versus player reduced from 105 to 90. Impact damage versus player increased from 14 to 20. Weighted throwing and knife. That's definitely because of how good they are in PvP, 100%. Mm. Yeah. For weighted throwing knife on mouse and keyboard, they reduce the minimum track shape size by 25% and maximum track shape size by 10%. This shape grows over 0.5 seconds after the projectile is thrown. 
uh, lightweight knife, projectile speed increased from 30 meters per second to 40 meters but per hold second. Hold on. Basically, what he just said is they nerfed our auto assist, is what that did. Yeah, your, your, your cone Pretty kind badly. of goes very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, the the tracking shape size increased by 20% for your lightweight knife. In addition to be granting an extra fragment slot, we're also significantly reducing the cooldown of Gunpowder Gamble, which currently lives in too narrow a niche to see a widespread usage. So the Gunpowder Gamble has reduced the cooldown from 12 seconds to 6 seconds. What is your Gunpowder um, after so many kills or so many hits, uh, our grenade turns into basically some duct tape dynamite, right? Oh, oh yeah, 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 I know, yes. Yeah. Oh, it and it explodes. It's like an extra... Yep, and it does not eat up a, a grenade charge either. I like that. I did like that. Yeah. It's pretty good. Now, what they didn't tell you is how much better they just made trip mine builds, right? Um, because in order to get your trip mine back faster, the more of those... Uh, lightweight throwing knives you hit the more grenade energy you get back right so nine times out of ten I'll hit with one or two blades and I'll get 90% or 100, 100% of my grenade back right so by increasing how well these work basically just said oh yeah no we like the trip mine build guys here let's let's make it better I'm like okay <laughs> no I gotta see if the if adding a um uh, gunpowder gamble into that would make it better like can we have the same build but now we also have gunpowder gamble to toss in with the nades oh that sounds fun well also what sounds fun is for warlocks they've got some changes to the incendiary snap ball lightning and a pair of chaos accelerant boosted grenades during season 21 development we identified a bug with the incinerator snap Incinder incinerator can't even say the word Incinera incinerator incinerator is it incinerator or incinerator yeah incinerate means to set on fire to, to burn oh, to nothing yeah, but i'm trying to see what you read oh yeah incinerator snap yeah okay that's the word yeah that resulted in the projectiles failing to proximity detonate we fixed this bug and needed to make some tuning adjustments to compensate in pve incinerator snap should feel more consistent and keep roughly the same damage output that it has in previous seasons Ooh. In the Crucible, however, Incinerator Snap total damage has been reduced slightly to offset dramatically improved consistently. So the wow. Incinerator Snap fixed an issue, like I've just said, and the total damage versus player reduced from 150 to 135 to compensate for dramatically increasing consistently. So they, they bumped it up because it was inconsistent, and now we're putting it back down because they've fixed the bug. Good, good <laughs> job, Archie. Um, Working as intended. <laughs> Ball Lightning, they've increased the PvE damage output and implemented a small quality of life change to help prevent PvE combatants from flinching out of its downward lightning strike while player is amplified. So the Ball Lightning increased in PvE damage by 30% and reduced the ping scaler on both primary and secondary detonations combat to combatants are less likely to be knocked out of the secondary strike area while the player is amplified. Is uh, what... that the... Uh... That's that kind of you do that ball like you look like do a hard kill. That's the, that's the menace in PvP that people were complaining about, right? Because when the warlock comes at you and they turn into that lightning, not only can they nearly one shot you, but you can't hurt them. They're actually invincible, right? Oh, I don't know. Are they? Yeah. I don't come across it that often. Ooh, I wonder why. Sounds really good. Mm. 
with the launch of season 16 way back when, they made some changes to a charged scatter grenades to improve their consistency. While these changes helped, there are still too many inconsistencies of sub submutations, munitions, submunitions. Uh, yeah, too many inconsistencies basically for their comfort. So they've increased the, their lifetime and tracking capabilities. In addition, they're increasing the time players can hold a charge of magnetic grenades to allow a more bit of a leeway in their timing to counterplay an enemy trying to close the gap. So Kalos Accelerant scatter grenades increase the tracking consistently of charged scatter grenades subunation, or whatever that word is. Increase the subunation arming detonation. I, I think they, those are just the little the little kind of things that come off of it. <laughs> submunition. Oh, submunition. Yes. Fixed a bug where some submunitions were impacting the ground and on creation in some situations, <laughs> resulting in an early detonation. And magnetic grenade, handheld supernova, increased the charge hold time from 3.2 to 4.5. Now, correct me again if I'm wrong about this, but the handheld supernova, again, was one of those things that you could hold on to when we first got it for quite a bit of time. And then they, yep. kind of, they walked it back and said, no, you can't hold on to it for that long. Now we're going back the other way that you can now hold on for it for a bit more longer. Working as intended, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, working as intended, they've uh, they've identified a bug allowing the lightning surge to effectively one shot an enemy player in the crucible. If near, a, this is one of those things. If it's near a uh, near a wall or a other surface, so they're fixing this bug and making some updates to lightning surge to provide a more consistent experience for both attacker and target. So lightning surge fixed an issue allowing lightning surge to deal more instances of secondary strike damage than intended. Now targets can take a maximum of two instances of damage from a single activation of the ability. One from the primary lightning strike around the player and the other one from a secondary lightning strike. This change necessitates some changes in the damage values, but in general its damage output should be significantly more consistent and slightly higher than intended values previously, but without the ability to one-shot a single enemy in the Guardian from full health. Good. Good change there, Bungie. Keep that up. Subclass keywords and tuning updates. With Season 21, we're also making changes to a handful of subclass keywords for our ARC and Solar subclasses. Today, we're talking about Scorch, Jolt, and Speed Boost. So this might be the thing where you were talking about earlier that you heard about the Jolt. So the no, no, it was, okay. it was in the Chaos Reach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The damage and duration of Scorch is highly valuable depending on how many stacks are applied for a given source. While that the variable is intentional, the delta in the value between the low and the high stacks amount is a little too high for our liking. So we're slightly increasing the duration before the scorch stacks begin dropping off the target to give them a low that's stack nice. amount. Sorry? I said that's nice, because scorch stacks fall off real easy, yeah, because like, there was a weapon that I was using that was applying almost exactly 50 scorch stacks, and sometimes I could just ignite in two hits as long as I went fast enough, but if I was just slightly slower, it would just start degrading so fast that, you know, I had to hit a third time most times. But if they're increasing how long the squish stacks last, that's that's good in my opinion, is what I was saying. Okay. So given that the damage and the duration of the scorts is highly variable depending on how many stacks are are applied from a given source. Scorch, they're increasing the stun time before stacks begin to fall off from 1.5 to 2.3 seconds on player. Increase the stun time before stacks begin to fall off from 3 seconds to 4.5 on PvE combatants. And 
same kind of thing with Jolt. So with Jolt, they're reducing the base PVE damage by 15%, and they're reducing the additional damage scaler versus major combatants in PVE by 20%. Boo! They made it too powerful, basically. And with Speed Booster, we're making a handful of quality life improvements. Specifically, we're making its activation time slightly shorter while increasing its linger time after stopping at sprint to make maintaining an active super active speed boost more achievable in combat. We're also slightly reducing the additional jump accelerate it provides. So the speed boost that you get, uh, the bonus jump accelerant scaler reduced from 1.5 to 1.25, now activates while sprinting after 2.5 seconds down from 3 seconds. Now lingers for while a player is not sprinting for 2 seconds up from 1.5. And they fixed the bug where if the player was already sprinting and then become amplified, the speed booster wouldn't be granted. Oh, and that's it from the ability tuning. I feel that we need a drink. We need to kind of come back. We need to recuperate. And then we can move into this week at Bungie for the 4th of May, 2023. But before we get into this week at Bungie, shall I tell people what's happening this week in Destiny? Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the 11th week of Season 20, Season of Defiance, starting on May 9th, 2023. So for Week 11, let's have a look at our Legacy rotation, starting with the Forsaken expansion. Ready if you are. Let's see what's out there. The Dreaming City this week is at a weak curse level, which means Petrovenge can be found in the Strand and has the Broken Courier mission for the next week. The Blind Well features Scorn enemies and the Plagues, Sigurus and Verricus. The Ascendant Challenge this week will be the Agonon's Abyss, which can be located over in the Bay of Drowned Wishes Lost Sector on the Dreaming City. Next up, the Shadowkeep expansion. On the moon, the weekly story mission is Beyond. The Trove Guardian is located in Archer's Line. The Wandering Nightmare is the Nightmare Resortal in Sorrow's Harbour. And the Nightmare Hunts this week will be... Tanix, Isolation, Zydron, Servitude, and Gaul, Rage. For our Beyond Light expansion, on Europa this week, Critics the Dark Priestess will be the Empire Hunt, Eventide Ruins will be the Eclipse Zone, and the Exo Challenge will be Survival. For the 30th Anniversary expansion, we have the Loot Rotation for Dares of Eternity, which will be on Week 3's rotation, with the Scatterhorn Armor Set and the Lightkin Armor Set being available. The weapons available this week are the Kinetic Rapid Fire Frame Auto Rifle, Chroma Rush, the Kinetic Lightweight Frame Grenade Launcher, Ignition Code, the Void Rapid Fire Frame Pulse Rifle, Grid Skipper, the Kinetic Lightweight Frame Sidearm, Farewell, the Solar Pinpoint Slug Frame Shotgun, Sonja's Tail, the Void Rapid Fire Frame Machine Gun, Shattered Cipher, the Arc Position Frame Fusion Rifle, Main Ingredient, the Kinetic Adaptive Frame Sniper Rifle, Long Shadow, the Arc Omelon Adaptive Frame Sidearm, The Last Dance, the Kinetic Aggressive Frame Shotgun, Toil and Trouble, the Solar Rapid Fire Frame Shotgun, Wishbringer, and the Void Adaptive Frame Pulse Rifle, Last Edition. For the Witch Queen expansion, the Witch Queen weekly story mission is The Cunning, where the modifier is Scorched Earth, as well as Barrier and Unstoppable Champions. Also this week you will have Altars of Reflection Choice, and Altars of Reflection Insight. The Wellspring activity has been updated to include a featured Throne World weapon, Veritas Armour, and a weapon pattern as its rewards. For the Lightful expansion, the weekly mission is First Contact, with Extra Shields, 
blocked loadouts and extra champions. Barrier and unstoppable champions, void threat, scorched earth, overcharged weapons, void and strand surges, overcharged shotgun, and galvanized on hero difficulty only. The partition mission will be backdoor, contest mode enabled, with barrier and overload champions, void threat, void and solar shields, shocker modifier, with void and strand surges. And the Vex incursion this week will be Zephyr's Concourse. In addition, the weekly Lightfall reset also refreshes the pinnacle drop for the Node Override Avalon exotic mission on the EDZ. Raids and Dungeons The Root of Nightmares raid challenge this week is the third encounter, Macrocosm, called Cosmic Equilibrium. Players must swap all of the dark planets to the left side of the room and all of the light worlds to the right. The Kingsfall raid challenge this week is the fourth encounter, Daughters of Oryx, called Under Construction. Players cannot stand on the same plate twice in a single phase. The Vault of Glass challenge this week is the fifth encounter, Atheon, called Ensembler's Refrain. Each player teleported can only destroy one oracle in each spawn set. The Deepstone Crypt challenge this week is the second encounter, Atrax 1, called Copies of Copies, where you must not send any Atrax 1 replicant debuffs into the airlock slash space. The Garden of Salvation challenge this week is the fourth encounter, Sanctified Mind, called Zero to 100 where you must fully fill each conflux with 30 moats within 10 seconds of initially banking the first set of moats. And the last wish challenge this week is the fourth encounter, Vault, called Keep Out. Guardians must ensure that no might of Riven Knights make it to the center chamber during the Vault fight. Your pinnacle raid will be the Vow the Disciple over on the Throne World, which means all challenges will be available for each encounter. These are the first encounter, Acquisition, called Swift Destruction where Guardians must kill all the champions within a few seconds of each other on all rounds. The second encounter, Caretaker, called Base Information, where runners cannot pick up more than one stack of knowledge on each run. The third encounter, The Upender, called Defenses Down. This is where each player cannot kill more than one Taken Knight in total. And the fourth encounter, Rolk, called Looping Catalyst. This is where Guardians must not lose the Leeching Force before the damage phase. Also, with the Vow the Disciple being the featured raid, this does mean that you can farm the final boss for a chance at the 390 RPM Void Exotic Pulse Rifle, Collective Obligation. And the Pinnacle Dungeon for this week will be the Prophecy, over in the Legends tab. Next up, Challenges. We have now had all 76 challenges over the first 10 weeks of the season. So, as a reminder, if you have completed 72 out of these 76, you can get a large pile of Bright Dust to spend at the Eververse store in-game. Here's a few that you might have missed that you might want to get completed in the next two weeks. Pinnacle. Reach power level 1810 by earning Pinnacle rewards for Challenge XP++ and Bright Dust. Trial by Firing Squad. Win multiple rounds in Trials of Osiris for Challenge XP++ and Bright Dust and a Trials weapon. Fleeting Glory. Complete Crucible matches in the competitive playlist. Earn bonus progress for wins for Challenge XP++ and Bright Dust. Dredging up victory. Complete Gambit matches. Earn bonus progress for wins for Challenge XP++ and Bright Dust. Darkest Nightfall. Complete any Nightfall on Hero difficulty or higher for Challenge XP++ and Bright Dust and a Nightfall weapon. Commendation Appreciation. Earn progress for giving 10 commendations in Vanguard, Crucible and Gambit activities for Challenge XP Plus and Bright Dust. Lost in Legend. Complete a Lost Sector on Legend or Master for Challenge XP Plus and Bright Dust. 
Acquire the Crucible Ornament for the Ecliptic Distaff for Challenge XP++++ and Bright Dust. Acquire the Gambit Ornament for the Ecliptic Distaff for Challenge XP++++ and Bright Dust. And acquire the Vanguard Ornament for the Ecliptic Distaff for Challenge XP++++ and Bright Dust. And speaking of Bright Dust, we have our 11th Eververse of the season for the week of May 9th, 2023. Available this week for Bright Dust we have the Reigning Champion Exotic Emote for 3,250 Bright Dust, the Plus Shell Exotic Ghost Shell for 2,850 Bright Dust, the Cherry Blossom Entrance Legendary Transmit Effect for 450 Bright Dust, the Rivalry White Sands Legendary Shader for 300 Bright Dust, the Golden Age Wine Legendary Shader for 300 Bright Dust, the Curling Shuffle Exotic Multiplayer Emote for 4,250 Bright Dust, the Weightlifter Legendary Emote for 700 Bright Dust, the High Score Legendary Emote for 700 Bright Dust, the Champion Shell Exotic Ghost Shell for 2,850 Bright Dust, the Viper Glory Exotic Sparrow for 2,500 Bright Dust, the Victor's Palanquin Exotic Ship for 2,000 Bright Dust, and finally the Guardian Games Projection Legendary Ghost Projection for 1,500 Bright Dust. Hello. As a reminder, your daily loss sector will show you a flag outside which will give you details of threats, shields, champions and exotic armour you will find inside. But if you are new to the game or using an alternate character and can't find the flag outside, you will have to run through the loss sector normally to have it show up on your map as a legend slash master. Which you can either do solo or with a fire team, but you will only be able to earn a chance at the exotic drop when completing solo. Tuesday May 9th will be Skydot 4 on the EDC for exotic boots. Solar Threat, Solar and Strand Surges, with Void Elemental Shields, Overcharged Shotgun, with Barrier and Unstoppable Champions. Wednesday May 10th will be the Quarry on the EDC for Exotic Gauntlets, Void Threat, Solar and Strand Surges, with Void and Solar Elemental Shields, Overcharged Grenade Launcher, with Barrier and Unstoppable Champions. Thursday May 11th will be the Affiliates Rest on the Dream City for Exotic Chess, Stasis Threat, Solar and Strand Surges, with Void Elemental Shields, Overcharged Shotgun, with Unstoppable and Overload Champions. Friday May 12th will be the Chamber of Starlight on the Dreaming City for Exotic Helmets, Solar Threat, Void and Strand Surges, with Void and Solar Elemental Shields, Overcharged Sword, with Unstoppable and Overload Champions. Saturday May 13th will be Perdition on Europa for Exotic Boots, Arc Threat, Void and Strand Surges, with Void and Arc Elemental Shields, Overcharged Fusion Rifle, with Barrier and Overload Champions. Sunday May 14th will be Bunker E15 on Europa for Exotic Gauntlets, Void Threat, Void and Strand Surges, with Void Elemental Shields, Overcharged Grenade Launcher, with Barrier and Overload Champions. And finally, background to Monday May 15th will be the Conflux on Nessus for Exotic Chess, Solar Threat, Void and Strand Surges, with Void Elemental Shields, Overcharged Trace Rifle, with Barrier and Unstoppable Champions. Lead the way. The Grandmaster Nightfalls are here, which means if you already have your Conquest Seal, you will be able to select whichever Grandmaster Nightfall you want in any order to guild your title. And with that, our 11th featured Nightfall will see us face off against Belmont in the Glassway over on Europa, where you have a chance to get a Pinnacle Engram if you complete the Nightfall with a score of 200k or more. This Nightfall will require you to own the Beyond Light expansion to play. You will be able to earn high-end gear for your characters, including the Nightfall featured weapon, Exotic Gear, Enhancement Cores, Enhancement Prisms, and Adept Nightfall Ciphers. The higher the Nightfall difficulty, the more common the drop will be, 
with the featured weapon and exotic gear being uncommon at hero difficulty to being common with Ascendant Shards in Grand Masters. And this week we'll see the return of double rewards in the Nightfall playlist. So if you want more loot and crafting materials, this will be a good week to get in there, do some farming and stock up for Season of the Deep. Legend and Lower Nightfalls will have 7 Barrier and 8 Overload Champions, with 3 Solar, 5 Void and 12 Arc Shields. Masters will have 12 Barrier and 12 Overload, with 3 Solar and 8 Arc Shields. Your Nightfall modifiers are Hero Difficulty, Maximum Effective Level 1765, Matchmaking is available, Enemies have Extra Shields, Champions Foe, you will face Barrier and Overload Champions, you can either use Intrinsic Exotics, use a subclass debuff, or unlock anti-champion mods from the seasonal artifact. Arak no. When defeated, fallen vandals spawn a webmine at their feet. Void elemental threat, 25% increase to void incoming damage. Overcharge weapons. Weapons overcharged from the seasonal artifact are active in this activity. Kinetic weapons do increase damage when your subclass element matches an active surge. Void surge, 25% bonus to outgoing void damage. Strand Surge, 25% bonus to outgoing Strand damage. Overcharge Weapon, 25% bonus damage with Grenade Launchers. Galvanize, combatants have more health and are more difficult to stun. Legend Difficulty, maximum effective level 1815, includes all previous modifiers except Galvanized. No matchmaking. Equipment locked, you'll be unable to change your equipment once this mission starts. Master Difficulty, maximum effective level 1820. Includes all previous modifiers except Galvanized. Champions Mob. This difficulty adds more champion enemies. Grandmaster Difficulty. Maximum effective level 1815. Includes all previous modifiers except Galvanized. Joining Progress Disabled. Extinguish. If your fire team falls in a restricted zone, your team is returned to orbit. Limited Revives. Gain additional revives by defeating champions, up to a maximum of 20. Contest Mode, which caps your power level to make enemies more of a challenge and Chafe, Radar is disabled. To combat champions this season, you have access to subclass counters, as well as a choice of intrinsic anti-champion artifact mods, which are Anti-Barrier Pulse and Anti-Barrier Sidearm, Overload Bow, Overload Submachine Gun and Auto Rifle, and Medieval Champion, where Glaze fire projectiles that stun unstoppable champions, swords stun Overload Champions on consecutive hits. You also have exotic weapons and armor that can help with intrinsic mods as well. For Anti-Barrier, the Kinetic Bow Wishender, the Kinetic Linear Fusion Rifle Arbalest, the Kinetic Pulse Rifle Revision Zero, the Solar Energy Hand Cannon Ariana's Vow, the Solar Heavy Sword the Lament, and the Titan Gauntlet's Second Chance, which gain the second charge of his shield throw melee, which becomes shield piercing and stuns barrier champions. And for Overload, the Void Energy Bow Le Monarch, the Arc Energy Linear Trace Rifle Divinity, the Arc Heavy Machine Gun Thunderlord, and the Warlock Exotic Boots, the Secant Filaments, which, when you drop an Empowering Rift, any weapon that is fired from inside the well can cause an Overload Champion to be stunned. The Nightfall featured weapon to obtain this week will be the Kinetic Adaptive Frame Sidearm, the Buzzard. The Buzzard has a base impact of 49, range of 36, and stability of 67. It can roll with Frenzy, Rangefinder, and Kinetic Tremors, with Pulse Monitor, Perpetual Motion, and Overflow. It has the origin trait of Stunning Recovery, where if you stun a champion, you partially refill the magazine, trigger health regen, and improve your recovery for a short duration. And Vanguard Vindication, where final blows with the weapon grant a small amount of health. The Guardian Games 2023 continues this week, 
And as a reminder, Guardian Games is an annual three-week event which pits class against class against class. Titans, Warlocks and Hunters will have to battle it out and fight for glory across multiple game modes to find out who is the ultimate class. Available for a second week will be the Crucible mode for Guardian Games, Supremacy, with the option to matchmake by class. When launching this version of Supremacy, you can matchmake into a team comprised only by your class. So if you're a hunter, you and five other hunters will face a team of Warlocks or Titans. Every Guardian that falls will leave a class-based crest behind, and collecting those is the key to win each match, no matter if they were dropped by a defeated enemy or by a fallen comrade. Focus on recovering the crest to earn points and defeat the opposing classes. There is also a Supremacy quest and four torches in the Tower to Light. Guardian Games also brings with it some featured weapons like the 750 RPM aggressive frame submachine gun, the title. The title has a base impact of 22, range of 40 and stability of 20. It can roll with Repulsor Brace, Rangefinder and Vorpal, with Offhand Strike, Dynamic Sway Reduction and Threat Detector. And this year's featured Guardian Games weapon to obtain is the Strand Lightweight Frame Scout Rifle, Thraxipos. The Thraxipos has a base impact of 60, range of 30 and stability of 42. It can roll with Cascade Point, Hatchling and Kill Clip, with Offhand Strike, Zen Moment and Moving Target. Both weapons come with the origin trait of Classy Contender where final blows grant class ability energy. So defend the honour of your class in the Guardian Games. Deposit medallions at the podium and light those torches to earn your rewards. And Lord Sax brings Zone Control to the Relentless Crucible playlist for the 11th week of the season. Zone Control is a 66 game mode which emphasises team-based gameplay in capturing zones and not kills. Zone Control forces players to collaborate more actively in capturing and defending zones. Capturing zones dramatically takes longer if only one player tries to do it themselves, with it taking 22.5 seconds to capture the point, whereas two can capture within 10 seconds. Three or more players will capture the zone in 7.5 seconds. Beyond that, capturing a zone will net teams one point per capture, and holding onto the point will reward two points every 15 seconds per zone, making it essential to lock down areas rather than float between them carelessly. The first team to 125 points will win. And a good old Saint 14 will be back on Friday at Reset to bring you another weekend of fun in the Trials of Osiris. This will be the penultimate Trials of the season, so if you've still not got your new Immortal submachine gun, or guns that are leaving at the end of the season, like the Kinetic Lightweight Frame Bow, the Whistler's Whim, and Arc Pinpoint Slug Frame Shotgun, the Inquisitor, then this is the time to get in there and fight. As a reminder, Trials of Osiris is a 3v3 PvP high stakes variant of Elimination. Only available from Friday Reset until Tuesday Weekly Reset, Trials gives every player the chance to show off their PvP skills to obtain some of Destiny's most sought-after weapons and armour. Players that compete in the Trials of Osiris will have all of their games tracked through a Passage card, a ticket purchased from Saint-14 in the lower hangar of the tower. Winning rounds and matches in Trials will grant exclusive weapons, armour, pinnacle gear, masterwork material and even adept gear for the most skilled players who can reach the lighthouse with a flawless ticket of 7 games won and no losses. Five round wins will bag you that match for your Passage card. By competing in Trials, you do have a chance to pick up two Pinnacle Engrams from playing each week, one from 50 round wins and the other from winning seven games. These do not have to be done all in one go, but you do have to complete them before the weekly reset. That is amazing. And that's it for the 11th week of Season of Defiance. Good luck in the games, Guardians. Allons-y. Guardian down. So welcome back to This Week at Bungie for the 4th of May. So the good news is that we've kind of 
already covered what was happening last week in last week's 12. So we don't need to go over that. Okay. We, we've talked about Guardian Games. And if you forgot about it, because I forgot about it, because I did think maybe we should register for the Guardian Games Cup, but then Respawn's been away. Parody's gone away for the weekend. So it would have just been me holding down the fort. So there's only so many medals I can bank. Maybe next time. Maybe maybe we'll get our act together and actually get a team together and going for the Guardian Games Cup. That'd be fun. Never know. We are going to have a look at the Season of the Deep first look. We're going to look at key art and launch times, dates revealed. Details on our three new strands aspects. Don't forget there's new exotic armor focusing and stat roll details. Not now, in Season 21. Oh yeah, upcoming economy and crafting updates. A note on upcoming season passes, Trials of Osiris updates, a sneak peek at new rewards and weapon changes, what they've learned from Trials Labs, update to Trials Info Quest, changes to Passage and Wealth and Mercy, Dominion as a new core mode, Flawless Gilding update, new emblem reward, Trials Map voting results, new Prime gear, and that's it. So, oh, I, f- I flicked down really fast. I, I, that went super fast. Flick, 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 flick. Guardian Games, yes, we've talked about that. We did Guardian mm-hmm. Games, yes. We love Guardian Games. So well, much. I do. Rolling in the Deep. Now, the first thing I noticed on this, I think as soon as it came out, it's like I took a little picture. If you don't know what we're talking about, in the TWAB, they've got the cover art for Season of the Deep, which is our new season coming in two and a half weeks now. Hints at a returning character coming back in a way that we... You. Two returning characters. Well, two two returning characters. And what I find quite funny is that people are saying, you know, that that character's looking out on us with another character behind. But what happens if we're looking in on that character? We're the ones looking at that character who's locked away somewhere, mm-hmm. either for their own self-preservation or because they're too dangerous to be let out. And... <laughs> Well, they are taken, which is another question in itself. Why are they are taken? They, are they taken or are they are they just enhanced? That's taken smoke and taken colors, dude. So uh, smoking something, I tell you. Uh, nah, bruh. But you also get a good look at the armor that we have coming up, which um I want to be Nemo. Well, this all looks ugly. Every one of them. <laughs> the warlock is the least ugly, and it's still pretty ugly, right? So, uh, hunters are trying to be a butterfly with heart-shaped wings. Titans are just well, they kind of look like uh, mollusks or mussels, depending on how you call them, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Titans got got the mo- mollusk look going on, and then you have the flowy. Jellyfish-looking freaking warlock. <laughs> you know? This is dumb. But what I really like is they're insinuating we finally get to see the Titan Leviathan. Right? So yeah, Don't be confused with the Leviathan as Callus's ship or the Leviathan from the Fundament. This is a sea-monstering Leviathan. It's also called so, Leviathan. For those of you that were here... For those of you that weren't here before Titan went away, we used to have a game space called Titan, and it was the moon, you know, Jupiter's moon, or yeah, Jupiter's moon, Titan, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we would go there, and there was this 
liquid. It wasn't water, but it was a liquid all over the place, right? And the, the, the waves of this liquid going up and down is how they generated electricity for the city. But if you stare out into the water long enough, you see the back of a Leviathan come in and out of the water twice, right? And we, we, we would all like try to shoot it and try to jump down to it and throw grenades at it You're or whatnot. Cause, yeah, well, not always, but like, you know, you, how do you activate the Leviathan? For a long time, people thought it was a secret boss. But no, it wasn't. It was just an image. Well, it, it was a secret boss. It just, took bun- it? <laughs> no, it just took Bungie about two years to actually build it into a secret boss once we saw it. <laughs> there you go. Or and they took away Titan and then gave us a Titan season. I I was um, I watched a video by Mylon Games, which I will link in the show notes because he has promoted it a couple of times on the DCP podcast, and he was talking about it this week. And I think they were talking again about whether it's that person being locked away from us uh, because of what they've done, and we are working with the sea monster, as as it mm. were, or are we working with the other person against the thing that is now behind us, the sea monster, um, and. I'm I'm inclined to think that maybe both of these are kind of integral to the story because what have we got coming next season that we have every two seasons? A dungeon. What happens if the dungeon is kind of underwater and we have to fight that thing as the, the kind of dungeon boss? Because let's face it, at the end of the day, we need something big to fight in a dungeon. Why not like a Leviathan? Let's just fight the sea monster. Let's go so, hell for leather. Did you say that we would be in the water? Did I hear that right? That, well, that's what I'm hoping is that because we're on Titan and hopefully touch wood, you know, the dungeon is on Titan. Again, we're all kind of surmising we'll be on Titan. It's, it's it's pretty kind of clear from like the way that the law has kind of been pointed because I think the Vex Caliber wasn't it? It was the uh, item that we got this season that had a law tab that said that um, I think it was yeah because Mylin Games was saying about this. If I can find the law tab on here, he said this Winter Bite scratch says Winter Bite. Is it Winter Bite? I thought maybe it's Winter Bite then. I knew it was a Glaive. I'm sorry, Scratch. Yeah, Mylin was saying that you know the the law that's tied to the Winterbite uh, has hinted at the return of Titan and the Leviathan, and it the in somewhere in one of the law tabs that he was talking about is that it says that uh, the an enemy of the Witness is on Titan. So who is the enemy of the Witness? Is it the Leviathan or is it the other character in the picture? I thought that's it was Cloud Riders. Oh, on Titan, you mean? Yeah, it says... Well, they had Cloud Siders, but... I mean, if you think about it, the Leviathan was, in in the Fundament, was an enemy of the Darkness. So this could be one of those Leviathans. So it could be a good Leviathan. We've always thought it was a a bad thing, but it could be a good thing. But yeah, really good, really good view. I like the the aspect. I wish we weren't in it. I wish it was just Sloane and the Leviathan. That'd be really cool, but... Yeah, we're well, in there for a reason, I guess. They they can't have to show us armor cosplay as yeah. You know, we okay. you want to be jellyfish or just mermaid. mermaid. Yeah, the heart on the hunter's back is so stupid. Look, you're gonna love it, and you're gonna say it's fantastic. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's only gonna be one of a potential two or three new armor sets. 
because you get mm. the one from kind of doing the seasonal activity and then you get mm. the one that's on the season pass mm-hmm. with, which is the ornament version as well and so, whatever new raider dungeon comes yeah exactly dungeon no it's dungeon next time dungeon. yeah but it's a raid or a dungeon no no it's a dungeon why, why yes, are you saying raid? It's a dungeon. Okay, it's a dungeon. It's a dungeon. We, we had the raid this season, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So next season, it's a dungeon. And then the season after that, Wrath of the Machine comes back. Not confirmed, but it's coming back. But not confirmed. But not confirmed. <laughs> Would you like to tell us about what strands aspects we will be getting? I'm glad you're next- asking, because I couldn't strand waiting any longer to talk about three new aspects. <laughs> <laughs> hey guardians combat gameplay team here to spill the tea on three new strand aspects that will become available in season 21 our goal with these aspects is to strengthen the existing strand kits and expand the gameplay options of each class you'll be able to acquire these aspects as a part of a new pursuit after visiting the puka pond in nero muna's hall of heroes let's get into it Hunter Aspect, Threaded Spectre. Activate your class ability to leave behind a decoy woven from strand as uh, woven from strand matter that draws the attention of nearby combatants. After taking significant damage or when combatants approach, the decoy detonates, dealing damage and releasing thread links that seek out and attack nearby foes. What? Pesky Cabal Gunfire, have you pinned down? Need a quick distraction so you can revive a teammate? Have you ever thought about what a bunch of threadlings in a trench coat look like? The new Threaded Spectre Aspect for the Hunter Threadrunner might just be what you're looking for. When players activate their dodge, they leave behind a decoy woven from strand matter that draws the attention of enemies on the battlefield. Enemies will shoot at the Threaded Spectre until it's destroyed or expires, giving the Hunter and their fire team long enough to get to safety. When destroyed... A threaded specter explodes into two threadling. That's it? Threaded specter gives hunter players access to threadling generation and a way to control the battlefield. Okay, I get it's a way to generate threadlings, but two? Really? You better be controlling the whole of that battlefield with your two. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what they made it sound like, didn't they? Right? I'm thinking we're going to get like four, like when a, like, or three when a warlock pops a, pops a, uh, what do you call that? A, um, not a well, a freaking uh, biscuits rift, a rift. Mm. Like when they pop a rift or whatever, they get some. When they eat a grenade, they get some more. Like, but two? Really? I mean, unless they like multi detonate, you know, like I it, this one can blow up on like four different people. I just two, whatever. <laughs> now, before you read the next one. Right. Have in your mind how you played as a Titan when you had to play as a Titan with the solar aspect. And now read that. With the solar aspect. Okay. Alright. I meant read it out loud. Yeah, I'm trying to find out last one. Oh, Flashette Storm. Okay. While sliding, activate your charge melee to leap into the air, knocking nearby targets away and dealing damage. While airborne, activate your charge melee again to launch a cluster of damaging, unraveling projectiles. Repeatedly activating melee will chain additional throws. What? 
So you know the the solar aspects that you can yeah do. yeah the wall the firewall yeah but like down and up and down yeah this you just go up and you freaking stay you you cosplaying as a warlock no but it sounds <laughs> like they've copied and pasted and gone what could we do for the titans um we've run out of things let's copy and paste that and add threadlings and unraveling stuff in there but it's better than that because you're not coming back down you're going up and you're staying up I'm not going to keep going up am I I've got to come down at some point yeah but as long as you're in the air you're spitting out walls and walls of freaking yeah, missiles last for to be honest i don't know man but it sounds ridiculous especially if you jump in the air first can you do it if you're already airborne oh no, my god you've got, slide, you've got to do that silly thing where you slide and then jump yeah but like if you slid and then I'll, jumped off like a ledge I'll, I'll, I'll or a step. two buttons to do that <laughs> depending on where you jump from <laughs> that can be a long time in the air bud no, but you've got to slide first. You're forgetting. To yeah, slide. but you can slide, jump off of a ledge or off of a step. You or can, off but something. I can't. Get out of here. Um, all right, Berserker Titans are known for their unbridled aggression. Uh, While sprinting headfirst into battle is often the best way to deploy Berserker abilities, we want to provide players with a tool that allows for more potency at range and gives Titans easier ways to unravel enemies. This is where Flechette, Flechette Storm comes into play. Okay. While Flechette Storm Berserkers have access to a powerful new side me slide melee attack that quickly launches them up into the air and blasts away any nearby enemies. While still airborne, press the melee button again for a cluster of tracking projectiles that do heavy damage un and unravel enemies. Uh, Flechette Storm provides the Berserker with a ranged melee option with the spirit of their fast-paced gameplay. Blah. Okay. Um, where are we at? The Wanderer. The Wanderer. Ooh, that even sounds mysterious. Uh, War Warlock aspect of the Wanderer. Tangles you throw attached to enemies. Okay, so they don't detonate. And detonate. Okay, so they do detonate. So... <laughs> I mean, what? Do they not normally it? I don't know. Uh, tangles you throw at enemies detonate into a suspending burst. Threadling final blows create a tangle. Okay. So the Warlock Broodweaver is a strand minion ma master. It felt natural to explore additional ways the Broodweaver might weave life into the world around them. Enter the Wanderer. A sentient tangle... Woven from Brood Weaver Brilliance. What the fluff? Sentient. So is this Warlock... like old gods kind of I thing? I don't know. When Warlocks equipped with this aspect pick up a tangle, so you have to pick up a tangle, they weave the tangle into the Wanderer. When thrown, so they carry this, whatever it is, the Wanderer travels through the air seeking targets. Okay. Once it finds the target, it soars towards them, latches on, and then explodes into a suspending detonation that deals damage and suspends any nearby enemies. To round out the gameplay loop, the Wanderer also enables threatening final blows from any source to generate a tangle. That That's going to turn around a freaking uh, uh, an Osiris match real quick. <laughs> wow. That's not even a super. That's just a wow. The Wanderer gives Brood Weavers another way to upgrade their tangles and grants access to the suspend effect without, without needing a shackle grenade. 
We're pretty excited to get these new strand aspects in the game, and we hope you enjoy them when Season 21 launches. We'll be monitoring their performance across the game, and we'll continue to bounce them over time. That, that Warlock one sounds stupid strong, dude. What? Mm. You just pick up a tangle, and you got yeah, like 9,000 yeah. ways to generate a tangle. And when you do, you throw it, it it legit becomes sentient. Right? They they even use yeah. the word sentient. And finds a target to kill said target and damage and string up anyone who's left. Yeah. 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 That is stasis level of shenanigans right there. It is. They're, they're playing favorites with their warlocks. I guess so, man. I guess a lot of these new employees may, maybe are warlocks. Good. Maybe Golly. they are. Maybe they employed all warlocks. Maybe. Maybe that's why that that message appeared at the beginning of the game. Mm. They're already preparing for their wins. Well, they are indeed. Didn't the Titans win the first couple of days? Yeah, I think they're still winning, but uh, yep. I'm not there. Yeah, but no, it's definitely going to be warlocks, hundred percent. But let's talk um, about economy changes in game economy changes, shall we? Yes, let's do. For the first time, we will not be increasing the power cap band in Destiny 2 in season 21. Thank God they kept their word. Nice. So the power floor is 1600. Your soft capped is 1750. Your powerful cap is 1800. And the pinnacle gap is 1810. And that will not change over the course of season 21. So. We may have an increase in season 22, but I guess it depends on how well we kind of cope with this going forward in this next season. Mm. And with that brings exotic armor focusing and decryption. So they did touch on, they did touch on this in the past, but it's worth re repeating and recapping the exotic armor focusing and decryption coming to Rahul at the start of season 21. So focusing options. Your standard decryption allows players to decrypt engrams for free. Players receive a random drop from the standard exotic engram loot pools at no additional cost. But we have exotic focusing tier one. You can focus an engram to receive a random roll of an exotic from and the associated expansion. So we have red war, and that's, that's the helmets, arms, chest, legs, and forsaken armor. Uh, again, any forsaken armor. We have Shadow Keep, our exotic armor, Beyond Light exotic armor, and Witch Queen exotic armor, and Lightfall exotic armor focusing will be coming in a future season. So anything up to Lightfall, basically. So if you haven't got it in Lightfall, you are going to have to go to kind of the Vex incursions or the Lost Sectors to kind of get those. Or, yeah. Or complete the campaign. So it requires the ownership of the associated expansion as well as having a previously acquired all armor pieces within the engram for your class. So, yeah, you, you're going to have to, if you want an exotic that you're missing, you're going to need to pay out for the expansion to get it, to be able to, yeah, to focus it. Um, yeah, Bungie, I'm not sure about this one. It will cost you one exotic engram. 30,000 Glimmer, and one Ascendant Shard. But there is a... Yeah, that one exotic two. engram is going to be a problem. <laughs> no, because the exotic engrams are now going to be dropping more frequently as exotic engrams, rather than it decrypts automatically. It's only going to be if you're doing, I think it's 
didn't they say it was the vex incursion and like lost sectors where it is a specific engram for that day those will be specific engrams but anything in the world or anything that you kind of yeah just anything random that drops will be an exotic engram that you can then take to focus it's not expensive but yeah well it's expensive if you don't already own the expansions i mean red war you can't really kind of do much about but forsaken they still charge for forsaken they still charge for shadow keep and beyond light and witch queen um and lightfall obviously but that's not coming and then exotic focusing tier two you can focus a specific exotic armor for a high cost it requires oh, yeah. of the associated expansion as well as having previously acquired that piece of armor so you can't just roll up there and go hey i'm missing legs from like beyond light and i'm just going to go and throw this at you you also have already had to have had it drop somewhere in the game you could have dismantled it. it as long as it's showing up in your collections that you've already had it at some point you can then take an exotic engram 60,000 glimmer three ascendant shards and one exotic cipher to get it decrypted into a specific high armor piece and they've also taken a pass at the exotic armor stat packages so your exotic should roll consistently at higher stats with a more frequently individual spikes uh, starting in season 21 so you can expect an average stat to be in the mid 60s which is a win that that's what we've wanted for quite some time you get an exotic it should be in the mid 60s it shouldn't be anything below 63 i guess or even 62 you don't want anything like that and lastly since they're not raising the pinnacle gap in season 21 that that need for many pinnacle legendary rewards has dropped significantly to help make uh, playing in our evergreen rituals playlist more worthwhile we're changing the rewards for the basic completion activity challenges to be focused for powerful exotic engrams this gives most players three to nine free achievable deterministic weekly exotic engrams ready for focusing there you go so some of the powerful and uh, pinnacle ones will be changed to exotic engrams that you can then take to be focused so this means that you'll be losing some pinnacle drops so reaching the pinnacle cap will be a bit slower for everyone if you already haven't got there this season. Um, they're hoping that the need for less pinnacle drops continues in the future seasons, but we'll be looking at feedback and analytics and are ready to adjust as necessary. So other sources of focusing exotic engrams, random well drops, season pass paid and free tracks, six paid, two free per season, vendor reputation tracks, one for each reset after kind of initially ranking up, and there you go. So you've got you're gonna have like you're gonna be swimming in exotic engrams, which has kind of made exotic engrams a bit kind of redundant. Because I remember like Destiny One, it was really exciting to get an exotic engram. It really felt meaningful. And when you got, we had like a way of focusing them with Zer when he came at the weekends. We had kind of was it glass needles that you could use to then uh, re-roll the exotic armor to then see if you can get a different stat distribution which I think was quite a good thing. And sometimes the stats went up, sometimes they went down. It, it was mm -hmm. a kind of roll of the dice. It was good fun. Exactly roll of the dice. But you, getting an exotic to drop at the end of an activity or uh, in a raid or a dungeon, or just a raid really, was so exciting because you just didn't know. Exotics weren't as free-flowing as they are now. There weren't that many kind of ways to get it. I mean, I think it was ridiculous amount of percentage that you could get apart from like if you're going for the exotics in the actual specific raids but just in the like a uh, 
in the world drops it, it was very few and far between now if you don't log in for a good couple of weeks and you come back to the game they throw about three exotics on the floor at you and they're like yeah i'll take these it's like so there's not much meaning in it now but it's going to make a difference for people that want to try and focus actually getting different stat distributions and the way that kind of do it in going forward so i suppose that's quite good so we're also deep site activation and crafting economy changes. So in season 21, we will be adding the ability to electively activate deep site on weapon instances to obtain pattern progress. So this capability will be accessible through a new mod slot in the weapons detail screen for eligible weapons. To perform a deep site activation on a weapon, you need a deep site harmonizer currency. So non-raid weapons will cost one harmonizer, while raid weapons will require 15 spoils of conquest in addition to one harmonizer cost. So the deep sight harmonizer currency can be obtained from the seasonal pass rank rewards, three in the free track and another three in the pay track. This will be the sole source of the currency for the initial rollout of this feature. Additionally, only one harmonizer can be stored in the inventory at a time. This currency does not stack. So you're gonna to have to leave it on the track until you kind of use it. Not all weapon instances will be compatible with deep sight activation. You'll be prevented from activating deep sight for a weapon that has already had its pattern unlocked. Weapons that previously had deep sight will be ineligible. You cannot activate deep sight on a weapon instance which has originally been acquired with deep sight, nor can you activate deep sight multiple times on a single weapon instance. Uh, weapon instances purchased from the raid vendor will be ineligible. However, weapons purchased from Zer and the gunsmith will support the deep sight activation. Ooh, that's a lot of information there. So there's a lot of ifs, ors, and buts that some of them I can understand, but yeah, it's <laughs> if you're missing out on some of the deep sight weapons that you couldn't get in other seasons or you kind of just missed one or two, this may be your chance to kind of catch up and, and do that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things that if if the weapon takes five deep sights to actually unlock to then be able to craft it, you're only going to be able to do one next season if you've got like no activations on that deep sight. And purchasing it from the like the gunsmith will be fine. Like I think he has the glaive every now and then that, that was available last season. So if you purchase that five times, five different versions of it and add the deep sight currency to it, you'll then be able to unlock it to then craft it. But if these vendors don't have it and you don't get it as a kind of just random drop in the world you can't just kind of go and repurchase it from like they said in the raid you can't just kind of purchase it from the the chest there it has to be a random drop from those chests you can then add the deep sight to it so then yeah i can see why this is kind of a kind of beta test for the next season are you looking forward to this is there anything that you kind of missed out on your crafting not really um, I, I just craft them as I need them. I've come across some currency issues, but yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, as you're talking about crafting costs, this will also see a change in season twenty-one. Legendary shard costs will be removed from all crafted components. Glimmer and enhancement costs costs will remain untouched. Enhanced weapon costs are based on weapon masterwork costs and thus will still require legendary shards as we are not yet modifying the weapon masterwork economy in season 21. And they're doing some quality of life updates with the raids and dungeons. Did you know this? Mm -mm. Mm. So over the last year, raids and dungeons, they've kind of had triumphs that have been tied to them. 
And once you've completed those triumphs, that gives you a kind of boost to the exotic that's available in those specific locations. So for like, um, was it Root of Nightmares? If you complete all the challenges, it gives you like a percentage for doing each challenge to get the exotic drop from the the boss at the end, a higher chance. So every kind Mm -hmm. of challenge that you complete or triumph that you complete it gives you an extra percentage so what they've got gone and done is they've gone back to the old uh dungeons and raids and they've added points to the triumph list so if you already have completed like like the last wish ones so to and you haven't got your 1000 voices the triumph that i'll give you an example petra's run will give you a plus three in a, a rate boost the new meta will give you plus two Thunderstruck will give you one, Sunburn one, mm-hmm. Night Owl one, uh, Habitual Wisher plus one. And it's like they've done this for every kind of um, Deep Stone Crypt they've done as well. So if you haven't got the Eyes of Tomorrow, they've redone that. Bow the Disciple, they've done co- for the collective obligation, they've given you kind of another plus three, two, and one, depending on which other triumph it is. So they've gone back and kind of touched those to kind of make it a bit easier for you to get a drop at the end. Although, if the featured raid is up for that week, you can just farm the final boss for a chance at X, Y, or Z. So, yep. for, for example, next week is, I think it's Vow the Disciple. So it's Collective Obligation, which is the Pulse Rifle, which is available from the last boss um, that you can just play over and over again. Um, but you do get more of a chance if you've already completed these triumphs uh, going next season. You'll get more of a percentage going in as and when to that it'll drop easier i guess from the bosses at the end is what they're kind of trying to say finest matter weave and rainmaker depreciation they've decided after going through our vaults and seeing that we've got way too many of these finest matter weaves and rainmakers that it's time to say goodbye to them and so starting in season 21 these items will no longer drop from any source in the game and you can't use them they said no you cannot use them but all existing instances of finest matter weave can be dismantled for one enhancement core each, and all the existence of rainmakers can be dismantled for three thousand glimmer each. So you can keep those, store them up for when you need glimmer, and I'm I'm just going to get rid of all my matter weaves because I might as well for the enhancement cores because I kind of use them quite a lot. Or you could use keep them and store them up as well. You do you. Uh, they're also changing the vanguard bounties. So daily bounties, existing daily bounties require you to get specific types of kills. So grenades, headshots, or any special or heavy weapons. They now require twice as many kills to complete, but can be done anywhere in the game, which is quite nice, with the increased progress in Vanguard Ops or Nightfalls. Because I do that every now and then. I, I go and pick them up, and then I don't, I do like my, my three strikes, and I haven't kind of completed them. I just go off and do other things. So it's nice that they kind of like, a bit like the vendors that we have for like the helm so it's it's like the vendor on the helm that it says you can go and do the seasonal activity or you can just play the game it'll take longer by just playing the game and getting the kills like with the pulse rifle or you can go and play the the battleground stuff and it'll progress faster so i like this change with the vanguard bounties that you can kind of do that and it will progress faster if you do it in the vanguard ops or nightfalls but you can do it anyway which is quite nice they're also adding a number of new bounties so killing elites, mini bosses and champions, uh, kills with elemental abilities, bonus for killing with subclass verbs, complete two vanguard activities. That's cool. 
regarding repeatable bounties, all enemy type kill bounties, Hive, Vex, Taken, Cabal, Fallen and Scorn has significantly increased requirements but can be advanced by killing any combatant in any Vanguard activity with significantly increased progress for killing the correct type of combatant. Cool. And I'm completely confused about good boy protocol. So Archie is returning in season 21? Is this the robot dog that we got? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's who I thought it was. Apparently, now that they found him a permanent home in the tower, they're reintroducing the good boy protocol stat tracker and moving it to the account careers category. Your previous progress from season 19 will also carry over. So, yeah. And here's a sneaky little one they put in there for you that was kind of glossed over, but we're going to highlight it. Bungie are basically saying that they're increasing the costs of seasonal passes if you buy a la carte because of things. <laughs> so they're going to give us a heads up now that they're increasing the season pass from 1,000 silver to 1,200 silver and season pass plus 10 rank bundle from 2,000 silver to 2,200. And this will be the new pricing for the season passes in Lightfall's years for those looking to maximise the rewards for each season. They'll be evaluating new approaches to post-launch content in the year of the final shape. So if you didn't buy Lightfall and the seasons with the dungeon keys and things now, and say you know, you're know you a young kid and you can only afford to get like each season as it comes up from your mum and dad from doing like chores or whatever, it's now increased in price. So it's now gone from 1,000 silver to 1,200. And the season pass ten rank bundle going from 2000 up to 2200 And that's their new price going forward. So pricing will remain unchanged for Lightfall Standard Edition, which includes access to all the current live seasons at the time of purchase, and Lightfall Annual Pass Edition, which includes access to seasons 20 to 23. So they're not changing that if you kind of buy that. It's only if you can't afford to buy all of that and you're buying it piecemeal. Piece by piece. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think is fair because it, it's only, as we said when Eververse kind of came into the game, it's only a sign of the times to come that this is going to be the way forward, that the pricing of things are going to go up. Now, I've not got a problem with paying for, say, the final shape up front and getting all of the content. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried, you know, if they want to increase the price for that because of the the work and effort they're putting into it but i doing this now doesn't seem fair to those people that kind of can only afford us you know, i know it's only like 200 silver for each thing but that little bit of an increase i don't think is fair seeing as if you you're being penalized for, for not being able to afford to buy the whole thing all in one go i mean like i said it's it's only 12 bucks 12 to 20 22 dollars right so it used to be 30 you know, if you needed to buy an expansion. To me, it seems like they've gone down in price, man. If it went from being 30 to, you know, 12 or 22 it's still really good, you know? Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm saying, like, yeah, oh, I don't know. Well, all right, then. Yeah. So, Piles, these rewards are in the flawless and weapon changes on the way. I'm sorry, these rewards are flawless, not are in flawless. My apologies. Well, they, they are in flawless. They are flawless rewards. And uh, Season 21 will be here before you and I know it. And luckily for Trials fans, this means new rewards to earn are just around the corner. 
Next season, Guardians will have a chance to unlock new exotic cosmetics, rewards, when opening the Lighthouse Rewards chest. You can get the Hero's Wake exotic shell, so you're a beetle. You're, you're an Egyptian beetle. Pretty cool. You get the Survivor's Journey exotic sparrow. And you get the Valiant Memory exotic ship. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You also get the Glorious Patina, which is a golden shader. Looks very nice. This shader, and any shaders released in the future for Charles Osiris, will be permanently unlocked once acquired. Transmog to your heart's content. This beauty can be applied to any piece of equipment. Just as a heads up, Glorious Patina will only be available to players who go flawless during Season 21. Future seasons will see the return of older trial shaders that were previously exclusive to adept weapons as Ooh. rewards for completing the first seasonal flawless ticket. They will now f- be fully accessible and usable on your rewards gameplay. Yeah. Yeah. And we have some returning weapons for Season 21. We have the Messenger, which is a high-impact kinetic pulse rifle. And we have a glaive, the unexpected resurgence. It's an adaptive glaive. Are you happy about that? Would you go and get this glaive? This is a glaive for you. Mm, I'd have to see the perks. (laughs) Nah, probably not. The adept version of the unexpected resurgence will be first available on the weekend of June 9th, while the adept version of the messenger will be available on the weekend of June 16th. The following weapons will be removed from the standard loophole in season 21. So that's, yeah, they'd be gone before they get to season 21. The Inquisitor shotgun and the Whistler's Wimbo. Where are we at? We are at, let's talk about labs. Let's talk about labs, baby. Yeah. Let's talk about labs, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things that are blah, 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 blah. I don't, I forgot the words. Okay. Uh, let's talk about labs. In week eight, we ran a Trials Labs to test a new style of matchmaking for Trials of Osiris. Overall, the new system worked as mostly intended, but mm-hmm. we did discover an issue with the lobby balancer, which was causing high skill solo players to often feel like matches were stacked against them. For some background, since we moved to using ticket-based matchmaking years ago, we have not been tracking skills and trials have not been utilizing any sort of skill-based lobby balancing either. Ouch. The new matching system allows us to match based on card state and track skill, which we were planning to use for analytics purposes. Preemptively, we believed we had disabled the skill-based lobby matchmaking, as the intent of the new system was to maintain the randomized nature of the lobbies present in previous iterations of trials. Unfreaking fortunate, this turned out not to be the case. And the previously latent lobby balancer came back online as soon as players' skill values started to solidify over the weekend. We were able to identify this issue through player reports in a timely manner, and we have implemented a fix for season 21, which will override everyone in the challenger pool skin. Sorry, skill with the same value. Effectively, randomizing the lobby balancing for all players pursuing flawless. 
This fix will not be present until week 11 labs starting in season 20. But we will continue to monitor player feedback on the new system to make sure everything else is working as intended. A second issue that came to our attention with the week 8 labs was that we did not communicate properly that starting Sunday at reset, players who had already been flawless could still farm adept rewards on any 7 win card, even flawed ones. Like, just like they could win the flawless pool was active. Okay. For week 11 labs, we will be activating this feature starting as soon as trials goes live on Friday. What this means is that once you go flawless, you can continue to play on that same seven-wood card for the rest of the weekend, even if it's flawed. And any wins count as a chance to grant you the adept weapon for that week. Nice. Wow. So once you kind of complete it, you just kind of keep it out like a burning cigarette. You know, you complete it, but then you gotta you gotta keep that thing lit and yep, going well the whole time. Wow, that's kind of cool. So. If I have a flawless, if I have a card, right? But all seven slots are full. No, but you have to go flawless first. Okay, you go flawless, but even on a flawed card after you've gone flawless, you get a chance at adept weapons for that week. Every time you win. I say week, but weekend, yeah. What? I know. How cool is that? We're never going to get there, but that sounds cool. Oh, come on, man. I had hope for a second. But there is hope because, you know, these trials carry people that we have in our clan. It says, because they've removed the ticket-based matchmaking, if you want to help a friend get to the lighthouse after you've already been, you do not need to Oh, that's true. As the number of wins on it no longer influences the difficulty of the matches you will face. They believe this will make getting Flores feel significantly more rewarding and should help alleviate the friction between farming adepts and helping other players go flawless. So you can tap up as many people as you want this weekend. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see T-Rex there volunteering to get you in his backpack. Yeah, him <laughs> carry me. <laughs> Overall, the two soft pool systems worked well. That's good because we like that. Uh, blending as needed to ensure connection quality stayed high and matchmaking times were fast. And the farming and stomping protection features both also functioned as designed in the practice pool. For the labs, we set the farming protection value aggressively, both to make sure that they worked and to make sure that if anyone was attempting to farm, we would be able to catch them quickly before they could potentially cause issues. And farming is what? Going AFK? You can't go AFK. No, no, no. Space after like five minutes. Farming, like the kills to get the the wins in the practice pool. Oh, I see. You remember they they had a practice pool and a a non-practicing pool. So as stated, the intent of the system is to prevent nefarious people from attempting to abuse the practice ball, not to prevent normal players from engaging with it if they choose to do so. We believe we have captured the data we need to make accurate assessments, so we will be tuning the values for Season 21 to make it far less likely that any standard players get caught up in the farming protection. We estimate this less than 1% of the trials population will even be eligible to trigger it moving forward, compared to approximately 5% during the first week of labs. This should allow the performance-based matchmaking used in the practice pool to provide a high-quality experience for all players who choose to participate. And then they say, anyway, enough about that. Let's talk more trials. What's changing in Season 21 for trials? Well, we're getting Dominion. And uh, when I was listening to the last word podcast... Dominion's capture the flag, right? Yeah, they were really confused. They were like, we've never heard the word Dominion 
used with trials. So it's obviously another way that they're saying that it's capture the flag. It, yeah, it's the capture the flag variant that we've had in trials of Osiris Labs when we've had capture the flag or cap, right, capture right, the right. point after you can either kill people or capture the flag, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, but how do you get I into like it? The, the, flag one. the capture the flag one's always been my favorite. Uh, what? There's a trials quest, a trials of a source intro quest. What? Yeah, but I guess if you've already done it, oh, there is an introductory quest. Oh no, we want to make trials introductory quests more of an actual introduction to the trials and less of a do a time consuming thing before you can play trials. Oh my god. In season 20, new players are currently asked to get 50 Crucible kills, raise their power level, and reset their Valor rank once. The last step is asking a lot and serves. Yeah. Yeah. And serves more as a barrier for the entry for the mode than we'd like. In addition to not really preparing a player for the type of experience trials, yeah, no kidding. Right? New players are also not given a real reward for completing the quest outside of Trials Access, which can feel bad given the time commitment required to complete it. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. As such, we've made the following changes to the introductory quest for Trials. Step one, complete your competitive placement matches. So that's like your first five matches, I think, right? Helps the players introduce the 3v3 and revive game modes in an environment well, they'll be matched against similarly skilled opponents. Good. Uh, step one, part two, get 50 kills in competitive. Fine. Step one, part three, raise your power level. To what? What do you want me to raise my power level to? I could raise it up by one power level. <laughs> right. <laughs> step two, part one, pick up a trials passage. Step two, part two, play a game of trials. Okay, yep. so we're already into the games. Yeah, we, yeah. Step two, part three, win one round of trials. And step two, part four, get one elimination in trials. Oh, that might be hard. I might struggle to get one kill. Yeah, yeah. Get an Astral uh, Horizon for just doing that quest. That's mm-hmm. a shotgun, by the way. A trials one. That's cool. Still? And don't forget, the trials passages are changing in season 21. Wow. So, Passage of Wealth, previously granted an increased reputation on 3, 5, and 7 on a card. This is at odds with a system that we want you to continue playing on after a 7-win card and get the most efficient progress and best rewards. So, in season 21, this passage will grant plus 75 trials rep for every win, along with the additional bonus for your current major rank in trials, up to plus 150 in total. This encourages players to stay on the same card and take advantage of the system granting more reputation for wins in later cards. Passage of Mercy. In Season 21, this passage will forgive two losses if you have not yet been flawless. That was crazy. That's actually crazy. Mm-hmm. After Getting going two flawless, losses instead of one? Yeah, that's only if you haven't gone flawless. After Yo, going flawless, if you reset your card, flawless. it will give you one loss on each card. So it's only for the, the first one for each week, it'll give you the two losses. If you manage to go flawless, if you reset your card, it then revert to giving you one single loss on each card. I can see that there's going to be a bug with that already, but let's go with it, Bungie. Uh, this is going to bug you, see. No, but you know there's going to be a bug with that. 
Uh, this will give all players a better chance of going flawless for the first time each week. And for those players who can't, who can go flawless without using both mercies, it will give them an additional opportunity to play for an extra rewards while the first card remains flawless. So Dominion is the new game mode or the core game mode for trials in season twenty one. Uh, this is not a change that they are making lightly, but after several seasons of testing in, in trials labs and analysing both positive and negatives. They believe this shift is in the best interest of trials as a whole for several reasons. Here are the reasons. One, offering a choice between playing elimination and playing an objective. Offering an objective for players to focus on outside of kills and can allow more types of players contribute to winning. Basically, they want to see more bubble titans and well warlocks. On average, games are 15% faster than standard elimination games. Okay. Uh, the prevailing strategy for most elimination games has developed over the years to focus on passive play, waiting on someone to make a mistake and get picked, or just simply waiting for the zone to come up at the end of the round anyways. By spawning the zones earlier, it creates pressure for the players to engage the fight early in the rounds and puts extreme passivity at a disadvantage. Objectives promote more varied engagement on maps as the zones direct players around the map and establish multiple defined fronts. So this is the one where the point changes for each round and um, i'm not sure about this one because this is the one that sometimes that the spawn would be literally outside wherever you are and sometimes mm -hmm. it would be near your opponents and yeah I, we'll see how it kind of goes and there's lots of times where you spawn in the sight line of a sniper <laughs> <laughs> no no not for the, the initial opening of the match well um, that's what you mean okay yeah most engagements in standard elimination happen at a single central location, generally centred around where the overall overtime zone will spawn. Having multiple zones allows for different permutations of rounds based on teams and zone spawn locations, which makes gameplay less static and pushes players to experience different engagement areas on each map. It promotes a healthier sandbox variety in both weapons and subclasses. On weekends where we run Dominion, we see less con consolidation around general strongest elements in the sandbox, and success is spread out amongst more weapons and subclass types. Okay. Sure, Good reason. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, we have been hesitant to balance parts of the sandbox around a game mode that only rotates into trials on occasion, but moving into it as the core mode will allow us to better focus it on the sandbox and address outliers in effectiveness that do exist. Provide us with more balanced levers to change the gameplay experience. If a map plays poorly in standard elimination, there is little we can do to alter it. With Dominion, we have a large number of levers that we can use to modify how maps play to provide oh, the, the crank. most balanced experience possible. For example, in Season 21, we will be changing the initial player spawn zone locations on burnout based on feedback from the first Season 20 trials laps. Teams will no longer spawn at Hall inside and East Yard outside. Now both teams spawn between Tumblr and Yard on the east and west sides, and the zones will run down the centre of the map, middle yard, centre and altar. They're all words, they're all places on a map. I'm not 100% sure where they are because I haven't got that memorised, but I know they're on those maps. So they're there. Honestly, I wasn't even sure all those words were maps. Yeah. <laughs> Having multiple zones means we can change the maps to more quickly address concerns about flow and balance, allowing us to better manage asymmetric maps. So Gilded Flawless, uh, we want to make some changes to Gilded Flawless to better align it with the difficulty of gilding the glorious title and to focus more on rewarding players for their dedication and individual team skill in the game mode. The Gilded Flawless requirement in Season 20s were as follows. It doesn't matter, but they were there. 
get 180 kills, collect 100 rewards, rewards, 100 rewards, go flawless with one of the seasonal exotic weapons equipped, carry two players to flawless, win seven games on a seven win ticket, and that's it, you've got your gilded flawless. But in season 21, the requirements will change to get 500 kills, earn 16 trials ranks, reset trials reputation at least once basically, go flawless and get 50 kills with one of the seasonal exotic weapons equipped. You do not need to get 50 kills with the weapon itself, you just need to have it equipped while you get 50 kills. Skill of one, while on a ticket with zero losses with the light for lost emblem equipped, win 20 games, acquire the following medals, double kill, which is rapidly eliminate two opponents, 10 times, skull breaker, deal the most total damage to opponents in a match, five times, the beginning, land the first elimination of a match, five times, strength of many, while on a ticket with zero losses, with the flawless Imperium emblem equipped, win 20 games, acquire the following medals, flight of the pigeon, which is win a match in which your team never trails, 10 times, paradoxically perfect, as a team win rounds in which each player eliminates a different opponent and no opponent is revived, but do that 10 times, and time trials, as a team win a round within 20 seconds, and you've got to do that five times. That is a lot lot of requirements to gild your title, but I could see that as somebody that likes to do flawless stuff, just eat that all up and go, yeah. Win within 20 seconds? Uh, Five times? But it's not back to back to back. You can... you could do this over several weekends. Wow. And we're, we're not finished talking about trials. There's more trials. For this new iteration of trials, we wanted to provide a specific deterministic reward to allow players to prove their skill above and beyond simply going flawless. This emblem will be rewarded to players when they open their flawless chest at the lighthouse if they did not trial during any of their wins on their flawless run, meaning you must get a Flight of the Pigeon medal for every win. Highly skilled players may be able to achieve this feat on their first lighthouse run, but for others it may be a significantly more challenging achievement, and we hope that the emblem will be something players are proud to show off that they have earned. And yeah, it looks pretty cool. It looks like a trials emblem. I'd never know that that's what that was for. Never in a hundred years. No. no. Looks at the cross between the Scarab emblem that you got in Destiny 1 and... A Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> We're nearly there. We're nearly finished talking about trials here. And if you know about it, you know about it. Rusted Lands won with 41%. Sorry, Parody. You you and your disjunction voting didn't get there. So Aww. if you're playing this weekend, you already know that you're in Rusted Lands. If you're not playing this weekend and you missed it completely, it's Rusted Lands. By the way, yes. it's Rusted Lands. What have I said it was? No, no. I was... I was making a play on how many times you had to say Rusted Lands. Okay. I thought I'd said something completely wrong then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so do you want some free priming gear? Because I do. I always want free stuff. Oh, my God. Oh. Well, now's the time to grab some freebies because it's that time again. Time for players with Prime Gaming to snag some free gear with the new Destiny 2 bundle that's up for grabs. And here is what you can get for Maze Drops. You can get the Hit the Bag exotic emote, which is basically punching gloves and a punch bag. Pretty cool. The Phalanx exotic ghost shell. The Alton's Ambus legendary sparrow. Yeah. The Pumping Iron legendary ghost hollow projection. Basically, if you have Amazon Prime, you get Prime Gaming, which is attached to your Amazon Prime account. If you link that to your Bungie.net account, you can get free drops in game. 
So there'll be a link in the show notes for the 12 and the link to the Prime Gaming as well. So you can go and do stuff. And then there's wallpapers. Free wallpapers. Free wallpapers that I've already downloaded for doing various Play different support things. Support report. So many things are broken. Parodies player support report. So as Peroti is not here, he would he would tell you that Guardian Games has returned yep. and will now run from May 2nd to May 23rd at the weekly reset. Huzzah! Yeah, the, I don't know why that's in the player support report because we already know it's here. Hotfix 7.0.5.2 was released earlier this week on Tuesday, May 2nd, and players can view the full list of fixes and updates that are now live in-game, which we did go over last week. Upgraded event card. Players who purchase the upgraded event card should ensure that they have opened the Guardian Games event pack bundle located in the wrapped items or consumable inventory in order to claim the instant unlock items. Players who do not claim the bundle from the event card prior to the end of the Guardian Games will not receive their items. Again, should know these things. But if you didn't, we're telling you now. Known issues. Whilst we continue to investigate various known issues, here is a list of the latest issues that were reported to us in the hashtag help forum. The node for normal supremacy matchmaking is missing its description. Some Guardian Games quests are only progressible with bronze medals or medals from Re- Recreational Guardian Games playlist. Oh. The Wish Ender does not penetrate extended phalanx or hydra shields. Oh no. In the Lake of Shadows uh. Nightfall, wiping in the final boss room will cause some enemies and chambers in the previous room to respawn, locking the pattern and rewards, which we knew about last week. Uh, the Vex Calibre Catalyst Triumph is not completing. Knew about that last week. Some gilded titles are no longer gilded, and some associated triumphs have been marked as incomplete. That's a bad thing. Get that sorted, Bungie. Mm-hmm. The Strand Hunter Aspects Ensnaring Slam does not trigger some class ability mods. Who knew? Masterworking then enhancing a weapon will make it appear that a player will get plus 20 to the base stat, when in reality, players can only get plus 10 to the base stat. Stop being silly. You only get 10. Using three copies... No. Using three copies of the same resist mod... Same resist armor mod provide no benefit over using two copies of the same mod. That's a known issue, though. Some players report that Radiant no longer stuns barrier champions. I think Respawn went over that last week. Yeah. And fire sprites no longer bullets too. Yeah. And fire sprites may fire sprites may no longer be generated from grenade kills. (gasps) And then we have some videos and we have some art. And another week, another twelve. And that's it from Hippie this week. But it's not enough for us. We we still have some stuff to go through with you guys. Oh no! You say oh no. Ah, What do we have? We don't have a Respawns Report Roundup this week. No, we don't. Because Respawn sounds like he's having a bad day. I'm recovering right now. We're good. Reco- I had a bad day. I'm having a good day now. <laughs> oh. But, as I said to you, I do have some videos for you to kind of check out. So, <sighs> Ibontis has his easy platinum score for the Guardian Games, if you want to have a look at that. He's, he shows you solo, but you can kind of do it as a team if you do it. You've got a team that you can go in there with, or just try your best going in the matchmaking. But he shows you what to kind of do to get the 200k. Cool guy has a video on the Traxipos. There's a lot of those videos out right now, dude. I'm not sure what Godwall I'm even looking for no, now. I'm telling you, go with the cool guy video, the Traxipos video. I saw his, yeah, but like he's got a couple of good roles, and I, I used one of them in Crucible. It is doing fantastic. It's the gut shot straight and explosive payload one. Very nice. Because it activates the gut shot, does good body damage, and the explosive payload 
triggers that as well. So you're getting double, well, not double, you're getting extra damage on top of that gut shot. So that's a good one to look out for. Astacross has his nasty. Does this ti- does the title take the best SMG crown? Uh, uh, as he says. Like as far as range goes, but not TTK. Mm, it's, a, it's a good one. Astacross has got one. a video going over the Forerunner, which is the exotic sidearm that you can get from the 30th anniversary expansion, and how mm. good it is now in PvE. Not mm-hmm. a PvP one, it's a PvE, because it got a buff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Patagates Gaming this week did a fabulous interview. It's 50 minutes long, so it's definitely not Deacon approved. But he sits down and talks to Salter Greppo about PvE tips from the top 0.1% player. And he is a top 0.1% player because he's amazing at his raids. So if you want to go and listen to the Patagates and Salter Greppo have a good old chat, good old chinwag, go and check that one out. Wasn't good enough to win this raid, though, was he? No. <laughs> Our good friend Froggy, 618-157725, has Hi, an out-of-bounds reverse in the Root of Nightmares. So he did this with Last Wish, I believe. Now we've got a reverse of the Root of Nightmares. So this will require you to have a boss checkpoint, but he shows you how you can go back through the raid and, and do all the different things. It's pretty cool. So, yeah. Another one from Mabontis this week. All seven of Excalibur node override Avalon secret chest locations. And the final one is from another friend of the podcast. Cheese forever. Fast platinum and gold medals plus weapon XP farm with Neomuna cards. So that one's for you, Respawn. That one's specifically for you. So there you go. There's, uh, There's my picks of videos this week. Thank you for joining us. Your titans are Parody and Night Demon, despite the fact that he is not here today and possibly rage quit forever. Your hunter is no one respawns in RL. Your lore scribe used to be not Arf. Our email is two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com. You can send us any feedback you'd like to there. We also have YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as two titans and a hunter. Find the show wherever you get your podcast. Basically, just put us in Google and you will find us somewhere. I promise you. Uh, follow us on YouTube for each new episode, weekly update video, and live streams at two titans and a hunter.com. If you want to join the Otter Dance Troop, threaten us with a good time, and throw more grenades, you can come join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TTAH. If you're looking for a more casual encounter, kofi.com, K O F I.com forward slash two titans and a hunter if you want the thrill of live action and some spicy language head on over to twitch.tv slash no one response in real life all spelled out if you want to keep it family friendly like a proper british gentleman head over to twitch.tv forward slash two titans and a hunter to watch night demon he's there um from 10 a.m to 2 p.m utc 5 a.m to 9 a.m u.s eastern and respawn streams at twitch.tv TV slash no one responds in real life usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Thursdays and then <gasps> very randomly our Patreons, here we go the, you can't threaten me with a good time is Zep Orbit um, our outer dance troop consists of the T-Rex King Dedicated Wham 64 the Scarlet KM BHS Nightcrawler, thanks guys welcome to the dance troop who came to throw more grenades, well that would be Carver 2782, Win Noble, Golden God 1562, basically NACL, Zombie Pops, Renard Collin, probably just messed that up, uh, 
And Mellow Mally. Hey, he's a new one. Congratulations. And the Deacon approves uh, Deacon approves of PP Pipe, Lord Master Chaos, Dimwi. Uh, by the way, for your name, he goes Dimwi. And the Drifters Driftwood, along with Hate Quest. That is our Patreon, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, if you want to come hang out, you want to come to uh, the Patreon. Also comes with a, a free private channel on our Discord, and uh, I don't know why I said free because I don't know what to say after this. Because you don't know words. Just yeah, say bye respawn. Bye respawn. Bye respawn. Bye everyone. Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast.